Okay, with that, I think we're ready to start. So, if everyone just pull out your character sheets and make sure your dice is ready to go. Alright, let's do this. We're ready to play! Okay, so, we're going to start off in the Broken Land. It is a world that is in the ruins of the old empire. The empire's only, the only people who remember this empire is the old capital city, which none of you are from. So none of you know anything about it, which makes my job easier. But where we'll be starting this adventure today is in the small town of Abelston. It's a medium mining town and a small trading hub in the middle of the plains. So like all good D&D adventures, we're going to start off in the tavern. Ah, so, the place of drinking. <laughs> So, uh, Blade's sitting at the bar, drinking as usual. As usual. And beyond that, what is Blade doing? Why is he in Abelstown, the small mining town we have here? Blade's been on the road a while. Blade, uh, for reasons unknown at this point, was unhappy with his previous life and decided to live a life of adventure. And by adventure, he means being a caravan guard, because that's the only gig he could get. <laughs> And uh, he's been he's been caravan guarding for minimal pay for quite a while now. He's been all over the continent, and Abelston's just where he's left off, and he's ready to find a new adventure to go on. Okay, well, Blade, uh, you heard earlier in the day that there might be some jobs for guards in the town, considering that all the guards were sent out recently to the highways because there was uh, robbers, or well, soon to be robbers, there was travelers disappearing. Mm. So you just got off a gig uh, guarding one of the shop fronts. So, you know, you have a little, little money in your pocket. But um, now we're going to go to the next player while you are drinking. <laughs> so, some of it, what would you be doing? You're just entering town. Why, why are you here in this mining town? Um, so I'm here in this mining town for um, currently just wandering. Um, not many people have seen an elf in these parts, much less a monk. So um, I'm trying to make myself as comfortable as possible with all the stairs um, in the corner of the tavern. Okay. So, Blade, you notice in the corner of the tavern something that's kind of out of the ordinary here in Elf. Mm. And now that you're looking at it, is there is there another goddamn elf in the by the door right there? <laughs> And in fact, this elf has green hair. Boy, what do these elves think of next? <laughs> so, can Adrian describe what he's doing as he walks into the tavern? Um, well, I'm just walking in, um, looking for a place to stay, a place to eat for tonight. Um, um, I'm here in this mining town for, um, like, going on a uh, journey from the chasm to... Um, a, ta a si large city with a well-known university called, um, there we go, uh, Kabas, and, uh, this stop, this town was just on the way there, and I stopped here just so, hey, who knows if there's some magical knowledge to be had here. Okay, well, with all you in the tavern, and you're starting to get your, your eyes, you know, like, looking around and all that, 
Do you notice there's a crowd forming outside? Um, no, Blade, you just you just finish up your drink. Uh, you know, you're about to order another drink, but when the door opened, beside the elf, like beh behind the elf that was walking in, you saw there was a crowd moving towards the town square. Um, and in this crowd, you see something out of the ordinary. It looks like there might be a trial happening. Uh, uh, I was hoping it would be a fight. <laughs> Blade loves a good fight. And it's an interesting thing because it's a creature you've never seen before. So, I mean, one of the creatures you recognize, it's a, it's a fellow dwarf. Uh, on his back is a big old warhammer. But the thing that confuses you and draws your attention is the small creature that he's dragging behind him. A blood-covered green creature, about the size of a small child. Uh, it is tied up and... The dwarf is dragging it behind him in chains. There's two other paladins of Zeron next to him, guarding him as he walks up towards the, the town stand in the middle of the town square. Um, now, we're going to go over to John to what he's doing. John, I just described what you're doing. You're walking over to the middle of the town square, carrying a creature that waylaid you in the forest. Uh, you were p attacked by a group of four of them. They had daggers and bows. You managed to repel them with your brother uh, paladins. And you're bringing the one survivor to town for judgment. Uh, I'm going to take the chained up green creature and fairly roughly toss him up, up onto the stage while shouting to the crowd gathering around, Hear me now! This creature accosted me in the forest and caused me and my brethren great harm. I wish to see him tried fairly and honestly. Okay. So, the creature starts to get back up. Uh, a crowd is forming. Do any of the people in the tavern uh, go outside to see what this ruck is about? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Blade, Blade ordered another drink anyway. But he, he swiped in, he's, he's, he hustles out of, the, out of the tavern before anybody could stop him so he could watch the show with a drinking hand, as he loves it. And, he, and he's very happy to see this, this trial about to go down. You know, not because, you know, the creature's green, but because it looks like a child, and Blade hates children. <laughs> he hates them. Okay. Well, uh, if anyone's outside the tavern at this point now, you're able to clearly see on top of the stage... Um, John, can you tell me the name of your character again? Hathor. Hathor? Okay. So, Hathor, as you uh, throw this green creature onto the stage, and it's wriggling and you throw it back down, you see one of the, the full judges of the town, drawn by the crowd, he leaves the Temple of Zeron to see what the f fuss is about. He's an older man, probably pushing his, in his 60s now, uh, and dressed in full plate. And he walks up to you, climbing up the stage. Young judge, what is the problem here? Fellow brother of the order, four of these creatures accosted me while me and my brethren were trekking through the forest, fellow members of the order. I do not feel I have the experience to try him fairly. However, I would like to observe as you do so. So you notice everyone else who is listening right now, even though neither of the old man or the, the judge or uh, paladin, you're not sure what he is, uh, are talking very loudly, their voices carry throughout the uh, crowd. The, the old man, he stands up straight and he picks up the, 
small green creature. Young man, as he starts to try to talk to this creature, it writhes out of the chains that you had it in, cackling. It jumps and climbs onto this old man, uh, trying to bite him. Uh, you have one second to tell me what you're going to do if you do anything. Uh, I am going to... And then the creature, it climbs over his head, and the old man rips it off and throws it onto the ground. I'm uh, going to go for a grapple on it. You're going to go for a grapple on it. Okay, please roll an athletics check. So, everyone else in the crowd, they see as the man begins to start the sentencing. Um, That's a four. Well, you're lucky because the goblin's even worse right now. And you manage to place your foot on his chest as it was about to climb up onto the old man again. And you just have it pinned down. You child should respect your elders. And using goblin noises that you recognize as a language, obviously, but nothing that you know, it starts you know, kind of cackling at you. Uh, the old man asks you, did it kill any of your brothers, Hawthorne? Nay, but we were greatly accosted. So he looks around uh, at the crowd, and he speaks to them, not to you. This creature, it's as brothers have died. However, it has broken the law of the lands. I sentence it to 30 days in the town jail whereas it'll be exiled from the town with nothing on its back. And with that, he calls for two guards from the station. Uh, you see they're dressed in robes and they have quarterstaffs at their sides. Uh, they come and take this creature away and bring it into the temple of Zeron. Blade, Blade was cheering the whole time, like especially when like you know the child was thrown on the ground and like had a boot pressed on it. He, he, was, he was loving that. He, he goes... Blade goes up and he tries to push through the throng and he tries to approach Hawthor. I mean, if you make a determined attempt, no one's going to stop you because these, these, these people aren't fighters. I mean, there are some miners, there are townsfolk, but anyone who thinks they might have a problem with you, they go and see those swords, uh, the hatches strapped to your side and think twice about it. Mm. So I, I make my way up to Hawthor. He's a, he's, a, he's a dwarf, right? He's a dwarf, and he's up on the stage right now. He's a dwarf. I go up and I and I and I try to and I try to grab his eye, and I go, "Brother Dwarf, I really like your work and what you've done there. My respect to you, my brother." <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. I'm gonna look fairly confused because I'm just an initiate of the order. I I greatly appreciate it. I did not know I was widely known. <laughs> Wait, did I say his name? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I just meant, brother dwarf. I respect. I respect your prowess, and I respect your hatred of children. <laughs> I can see we are brothers in more than just dwarfhood. Fellow dwarf, I do not hate children. You should. <laughs> Hathor is going to nod his head and shake it slightly, confused at this strangely aggressive and children-hating dwarf. <laughs> okay. I, I, Blade, Blade, Blade sees that approval as, as, as the one thing he's gonna get, and he, and he downs his, his tankard and goes to return the, uh, the mug to the tavern he stole it from. Uh, as you return, um, you stumble into a miner uh, who has a blood-stained rags wrapped around his arm and is bound to his chest, and he kind of, like, stumbles into you, um, not even paying attention when he hits you, and he 
starts almost half running jogging towards the old man that you saw pronounce judgment earlier. Um, he's kind of like pushing his way through the crowd and he, he kind of he tugs on the, the robes of the man on the stage and drops to the ground in front of him. Um, and then a conversation happens that you can't hear from where you are, but you see the old man take him into the Temple of Zeron. Am I still up on the stage, I assume? You are. So what you hear, Hawthorne, uh, is the old man, he runs up and he grabs onto the, you know, the foot of the old man and he goes, Father, Father, there's been a great tragedy at the mines. I, I need the help of Zeron. And the old man bends down and then starts talking to him in a quiet tone and you can't hear anything else other than that. But they do walk over to the Temple of Zeron. As they're walking away, I'm going to call out, Father, do you need my assistance with this venture? Uh, he stops and he goes, I'm not sure, young man, but if you stop by later tonight, I will tell you if I have any any need for your services. Aye, sir. So, the rest of you, though, it's midday. You have the rest of the day to kill. You know, you just saw, very honestly, kind of disappointing trial. No one died, right? So, what are you going to do today? What What are your plans for the to be in the town today? Mm. Blade's already two beers in, and uh, he decides that he has to get out of the tavern before he gets any drunker. It's it's too early in the day. So Blade decides that he's going to go uh, in search of a job and uh, go head down and, and see about that guard position he'd heard about earlier that day. Okay. So Blade, well, he's going around, and he walks over to the, the guard position that he heard about. And it's... It's in not a nice part of town, you know, who would have thought? I mean, there might be a reason why they need this guard right here. So, uh, the tavern itself that you want go, ahead, go ahead to is... Sorry, one second. Okay. So, it's called the Curved Dagger. And you see there's just the sign is like a curved dagger and it's covered in some sort of like green liquid dripping, you know? Um, and you you walk in and it seems to be a repurposed warehouse that or someone really really had just hired the wrong architect right so there's this big open space uh, all the rooms if you could call them that are these just curtained off areas uh, something like you might see in a hospital uh, but the cool thing is the bar it's in the center of this you know giant building it's this big round bar uh, with chairs surrounding it and then there's some more tables scattered around this uh, and behind the bar, you see a very old lady. Almost, it'd almost be safe to call her a crone. She is stooped over, oh. you know, cleaning, cleaning a a, a, a cup, and you know, and then pours a drink and gives it to this uh, this man that's sitting in front of her. Um, and that's that's what you see. It's not very busy. Again, it's middle of the day. Okay, Blade. Blade actually. Blade actually kind of likes this place. He likes the aesthetic. You know, it's it's. He's he's a real man of the people. Uh, so Blade Blade goes over to the uh, to the crow and approaches her and he says, "I, ma'am, I heard the uh, you were needs some work." Ah, yes, I needed a guard, and uh, it looks like you could be one. Mm, indeed. So the Pam offering is uh, five silver a day, and free room and board. It's on a day-to-day basis. How much board does that in- include? She looks at you. <laughs> A normal amount. Mm. Well, we'll see about that. I'll take the job. <laughs> okay. Well, she points to one of the the beds that is along the wall and like a ten dollar thing. She's like, "There's your bed." 
Um, you know, you will put your stuff over there. I'm not responsible if you go ahead and lose it or get it stolen. But you can put whatever you want over there. You can sleep there even. So that's that's the extent of her interaction with you. She just goes ahead ignoring you. Okay. Um, you know, just get start serving drinks to other people. I, I head over to that to that bed and I and I and I take off my my travel sack and I put it under the bed and I uh, you know I make sure the curtains open and I, and I look at everybody in the room and I go and Blade goes, this is my stuff. And you know, make sure to make eye contact with everybody. Try to try to try to intimidate them. Roll an intimidation. <laughs> right. Uh oh boy, that's a unnatural that's a twenty-three? Twenty-three. Twenty-two. So as you're saying this, I mean you're trying to be intimidating, but you weren't trying to be like outright, you know, threatening like you're not you're not ready to go kill someone, right? Oh yeah, no. But you, you didn't want to make a point across and you realize as you looked at it inadvertently. You were drawing out your hatchet as you were saying this, and you just take your hand off of it and let it drop back down into your belt. Mm-hmm. Granted, looking at the faces, uh, there's a couple people who are like, what is this crazy guy doing here? But doesn't look like uh, anyone is looking to steal your stuff right now. It's good enough for me. So we're going to go over to uh, Adrian. Um, what are you doing You know, as you leave the crowd? Um, I'm thinking to myself, oh... I just finished making reservations. I might as well go explore the town, see if there's a library somewhere. Okay. Uh, if you're getting and a room, just mark off uh, five silver. Five silver? Mm-hmm. Um, where? So you're going to see on the bottom of your sheet your, uh, where your gold is. Uh, that's GP? Yeah, so mm-hmm. mark off one GP and then put in your SP five. Alrighty. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, so you're going to go explore in the town. Uh, roll an investigation check to see what you find when check. you are searching through the town today. Okay, and uh, while you're doing that, some of it, what are you doing? Um, once the crowd disperses, um, I am going to just start exploring the oh. place. I just got here, okay. and I might as well walk around while I'm here. Okay, go ahead and roll an investigation check. And Adrian, what did you roll? Uh, six. Six. You managed to lose yourself in the warehouse district of Abelston. In fact, um, roll me a perception check. Perception? Um, let's see here. What is that? Okay, there we go. Ooh, this looks like a very bad part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's five. A, you got a, is that a nat one there? That's a nat yeah. one. Okay, so everyone who is going to... John, are you going to... Uh, is Hawthorne going to be exploring the town as well today? Hathor is going to try and find wherever the town keeps their law records, and okay. he's going to go and try and study some of them. That would be in the Temple of Zaron, um, where well, all the, the law records be stored. If you're just going to do that, you do get free room and board at the Temple of Zaron. Okay. Uh, I'm going to head over there and start. Okay. Then that that's I mean that's what you're doing today, then. Uh, we're going to go over to everyone else, though. So I need everyone else to roll me a luck roll. So just roll me a d20, and tell me what you get. An eight. Eight. Okay. Mm. And um, two things. One, uh, for the in- investigation check, that was a nat 20, okay. and I rolled an 18 on the luck roll. Okay. So, uh, so this is what happens. Now, Adrian, you are walking through the street, and you peek behind you, and you see these two burly men nonchalantly walking down the street behind you. Um, you know, they're definitely eyeing you up. 
and you know, but you keep walking, you keep doing your thing, you look back later and they seem to be gone. And then you turn around and one of them stepping out of the alleyway and pushes you onto the ground. Oh, look what we got here. We got ourselves an Elfie. Now, if you just go ahead and give me all your money and you know what? I'll let you keep the tips of your ears. Oh, excuse me, sir, but I'm not an elf. I'm a half-elf. Oh, even worse, you sell these one of our women? No way, I live... <laughs> no way, I come from the chasm. Uh, so mm -hmm. one second. Long way away from home. So, now, uh, Sam, can you tell me the name of your character again? Sully. Sully? Yeah. Okay. So, you were exploring the town, um, and you're, you're going through, uh, in the... And you have a pretty good idea of the town, so if there was any particular place that you were looking for, you would know where it is. So at any point later today, if you need to go and get something or buy anything, uh, you tell me and you will know where to get it with your roll. However, as you're exploring the town, you end up walking through this warehouse district. And further down the street, you see these two burly men knock down uh, what appears to be an elf uh, onto the street. Um, and that's that's what you see. Are you gonna do anything to help him, or are you gonna go on your way? I'll I'll walk up. Okay. So Adrian, as as this is happening, you see behind the man, uh, what appears to be another elf walking up behind him. Are you trying to be stealthy, uh, Solly? Um, no. Okay. The man turns behind him. Oh, oh. Hey Johnny, looks like we have two of them today. They kind of step so they can see both of you at this point. So as I was telling your little friend right here, if you just go ahead and give me all your gold, I'll let you keep the tip of your ears. Um, I say, I'm sorry, sir, but we're probably both a long way from home. Um, where we come from, where I'm guessing where we both come from, that's very far east from here, so... So it's... I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, he pulls a dirk out of out of his belt, and his friend pulls a small club. I mean, if that's the way you want to play it, um, he goes to kick you on the ground. So please roll initiative, everyone who's in this. Alrighty. Let's see here, and that's uh, let's see here, that's uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Eighteen. Uh, something, could you get a little closer to the mic there when oh, you're talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the initiative part. So, uh, for any new listeners who are new to D&D, what we just rolled is rolls for initiative using a d20. And with that, we determine who goes first. Basically, if you roll higher, the better. So with that, Sully's the first person to go with his 18. Uh, what do you do? As the man's going to kick this elf on the ground. Alright, um, he's, uh... So there's two of them. The guy with the dirk is kicking... The, the man with the dirk is kicking this elf on the ground. Alright. And the other man with the club is standing, like, to his side. Alright, I'm going to, um, attack the guy with the dirk. Okay. And I'm going to use, uh the uh, claw weapon I have first. Uh, which is a 18 to hit. 
Okay, I mean, he's not wearing any armor, so you hit him. Alright. So, and what do you do then? Damage, I'll roll damage first. Um, that's a nine. And you, nine. you hit him right in the face, and he just gets knocked off his feet, and it looks like he's out cold. Alright, uh, would I be able to use my bonus action to make an unarmed strike against the other guy? You may. He's, he's within reach. Alright. Uh, I rolled a 19, so that's a... That's uh, a hit. Alright, um, and this is going to do, um, six damage. Six damage. You hit the man in the stomach and he, oh, and he doubles over, but he's still standing. And with that, the man, he starts standing back up and he goes to just knock you straight in the, in the face with his club. Mm -hmm. Uh, what's your AC? 17. 17? And you manage to dodge out of the way just in time as it swings by your face. You feel the wind as it uh, you know, goes flies by, right by you. And then, Adrian, uh, with you laying on the ground, what do you do? Um, you're, within, you're within reach of the man uh, with the club. Um, I reach out to the man with the club and cast a Shocking Grasp. Okay, so you go, re you go reach out and you go to grab his ankle. Uh, please roll a hit. Um, it is uh, d20 plus dexterity. Well, yeah, so what did you uh, roll? So that's 17. So yeah, you go and you just grab onto his ankle and roll damage for that. 1d8, and that's a 1. Okay. Plus, let's see here, my uh, spell attack, spell attack wounds, right? Oh, uh, no, so you just oh, no. you just roll the damage, flat damage for that. Oh, flat damage, that's just 1. Okay, and you go to shock him, and he manages to pull his boot away as you just start to shock him. There's a little bit of smoke coming from his boot, but he managed to get away before you were able to do much. But again, Solly's right there, uh, you know, trying to get it, get him while he's distracted. So what is Solly gonna do? It's my turn. It is your turn. Um, yeah, I'll smack him with the claws. Okay. And as this is happening, uh, so Blade hears a commotion outside. As you know, he's he's just like you know getting getting rid of his stuff. Like he's he's like this guard job's pretty easy actually, <laughs> you know. And that's when you start hearing the scuffle outside. Uh, work comes a calling. Nobody nobody's fighting outside this bar on my watch. And I, and I, and I make sure my 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 hand axes are nice, ready, and sharpened, and I start charging outside. Okay, and uh, Sally, what did you get? I got a twenty-one to hit. Okay, how do you knock this man out, or do you kill him? Um, I'm going to grab him and grapple him to the ground. And okay. Just choke him out. Okay. Yeah. So Blade runs, slamming this door open, ready for ready for this fight. Like this, this is the most interesting thing that's happened so all day so far. And he sees an elf strangling this man on the ground. I yell at the, at, I yell at everybody, and I go, "Oi! Nobody's fighting outside this bar." Nobody's gonna be driving customers away, and I and I try to and I try to intimidate everybody into into calming down. Okay. So. Uh, tell me uh, what you roll. Nat twenty. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so what you guys see? The door is kicked open. Splinters flying out a little bit. Uh, you know, Blade he doesn't care. But splinters flying out. You're you're just kind of hit by them a little bit. You're like, what's this? And looking up, you see this door holding these two hand axes. Spit flying from his mouth as he says this. He looks like he's just looking for an excuse to start chopping off fingers. He is. Okay, and uh, so what do you guys do? Um, I'll drop the guy and stand up and... Uh, the man drops limply to the ground. Uh, 
Look, it looks like he might be dead, but we're not sure, you know? But yeah, it keeps going. Um, I also ex I exclaim and try to persuade him, uh... No, I was attacked first. I, I did nothing. All I did was... Want, all he did was touch his boot. And, like, he wanted all my money. And such. I can vouch for him. Okay, uh, you, no, no, no need for you to roll on, right. on that. So, looking around, you see these two men. They're obviously the, uh, the unsavory sort. Looking at them, there's this you know, stench coming from them. Looks like they haven't washed in a couple of days. Um, and then you see these two elves. I mean, they, they just look out of place here. Uh, what do you guys do? Do you guys go into the, the bar? Do you just leave? Uh, do you try to find uh, yourselves to a nicer part of town, maybe? Um, I say I'll get myself out of here. Like, it seems like that elves aren't welcome here, you know? Um, and try to look for the library again. I, I, I say, hmm, elves are welcome in this bar. Blade, you know, you know, most dwarves don't like elves too much, but I never saw any problem with them. As long as you guys don't start fighting inside, we won't have any problems. Um, I, I'll say, um, um, sorry, I'll decline, um, it's like, this just seems like a bad part of town, you know, considering that what just happened, and um, I'll just walk right out and look for the library. I look at the skinny, bookish half-elf uh, who could barely um, who could barely stand up to two people, and I decide he probably <laughs> needs somebody to watch over him, so I'm going to follow him. Oh, what a skinny nerd. Couldn't take down two thugs by himself. <laughs> so... Where where are you guys going then? Um, Solid, you know there's a library in the temple of Zeron. And that's probably the only library you're going to be actually able to get access to. Just from your explorations earlier in the day. That were much more efficient than your, uh, your elf friends right here. Okay. Um, yeah, then um, I'll inquire where he's going. Um, oh, where I'm going? Um, I'm just... Um a traveler came from the chasm, um, looking, uh, making a journey to Kabas uh, for the university, and I've just been wandering around on the way, looking for all sorts of magical knowledge, for, for a problem that I'd like to solve, in the future. You'd best start looking in the library then. Oh, the library. Um, where is this library? I've been looking for it all day. I tell him where it is. So, you guys know, when, when you describe where this is, you actually had to walk by this in your explorations. Like, when you left that crowd, you walked straight by this building. Oh. So, you guys start making your way back there. Um, and as you're making your way, you see a runner. He runs by you, uh, and he puts a message on a, like a, a message board in this area. Uh, and then he, he, you see he has a stack of more papers and he keeps running uh, down the street, presumably to put these up on other boards. Um, um, I walk over to this message board and I take a look at what this, what this dude just uh, posted up. Okay, and on it, it's just, it's a job opening for a party of guards to go and check out the mines. Hmm. Uh, there's, if you want more details, there's no pay or anything. Uh, on the bottom, you just see the stamp of the Temple of Zeron. So, uh, with that, you know that if you want to learn anything more else about this, you'd have to go to the Temple Zeron anyway. Yeah, I guess um, I'll just continue on to the Temple if uh, Soli is... If, I'm, uh, I'm still this, following oh, you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are going to go and head over to the Temple, and while you're walking there, we're going to go over to Hawthorne. So you are, you know, you're just reading in the library or anything. Uh, roll me an intelligence check to see if you uh, 
What are you trying to learn? Just 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 about the laws around here? Yeah, just general laws about this particular town. Okay, just roll me a general intelligence check uh, to see what you get from this. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so you have a, you you've you've managed to make a, a small dent in it. You know, you you're starting to see where the laws in this area are just a little bit different than from where you just came from. Uh, but you, by no means, you uh, there's still a lot more you can do. You know, you you've got through like two or three books at this point. I'm going to stretch my arms out as the book falls onto my lap, yawning, and decide that maybe I need to go relax a little bit after this hard day of travel. As you're thinking this, you know, you're just ready to get a, you know, a warm meal and a hot drink, right? A small boy, maybe six or seven, runs into the room. Uh, ex- excuse me, are you the, the young Hawthorne? Aye, sir, I am. How, what do you need? So, Father Orion needs to, to speak to you. Uh, he is uh, just, he, he's, he's fumbling over his words. He is At the mention of Father Orion, I stand straight up and I say, of course, of course, take me to him, please. Yeah, the boy reddening, trying, just trying to get, get a hold of himself. He just turns around and starts scampering down the hallway. Uh, I assume you follow him? Yeah. Yeah, so he leads you, you know, through, through the temple and through the zigzagging of these passages uh, to a, a very nice office. Um, and, and you walk in there and you see uh, to your right as you walk in, a, a armor stand with the plate armor you saw Father Orion wearing earlier. Right now, he's dressed in just some simple robes. Uh, behind the stand, on like mounted on the wall, you see a great sword uh, on the wall. And if you can roll me a perception check, real quick. Okay. That's a six. Okay, you don't notice anything. Um, but yeah, and then behind the desk uh, is sitting Father Orion, and next to him. Sitting at the desk, you see cradling like a cup of tea was the miner you saw earlier. You summoned me, Father. Young Hawthorne, this this miner has told me a a tale that I want you to hear as well. So, this miner here is obviously he came from the mines nearby. However, he says that he's the only survivor. He says there he came ahead of the, the rest of the people. Everyone else left the town uh, who was able to survive, but he was the only miner who survived that was working that day. Um, he says there's something down in the mines. And, you know, I would normally believe him anyway, but this does make sense. We've had uh, farmers telling us that their livestock have been fu- you know, found dead you know, during the night with no injuries on them, and we just thought it might have been a sickness. But... When he was describing there's a creature that he, uh, there's down in the mines, it might have something to do with that. Now, normally I would send the guards to go ahead and do this, but we already sent them out of town uh, to deal with the highwaymen. Now, I need you to go and find yourself a couple of other young men and women to check this out of the mines. Obviously, I will compensate you for your effort, just like, just like I would pay any guards. But I trust you to be able to take care of this, young Hawthorne. Father, you do not need to pay me. However, I cannot guarantee that my uh, compatriots, whoever they may be, would be so uh, so generous. I will do my best, but service of the order is payment enough for me. Okay, well, we already sent out uh, job postings on the message boards. Uh, there's plenty of you know, men in the, in the town, you know hard-hitting folks, so we'll see if anyone responds to them. Uh, and hopefully they'll just send you out by the end of the day. Uh, so with that, 
he dismisses you from his office um, to your room. I mean, I assume if you want to just go to your room in the temple, or you can go to a nearby bar. I'm actually going to see if I can go to the tavern and get a, a meal. Okay, that's fine, yeah. So just mark off uh, five copper for that. Okay. And with that, you know, you get, you get a hot meal and a couple of drinks. Not great, but it's filling. Well, uh, we're going to go back to... Uh, Adrian and Solly, as you en- enter the, temp- uh, the temple, uh, walking out is the dwarf you saw on the stage earlier, but he, you know, he just kind of walks by you and, you know, and he heads over to the nearby tavern. But anyway, so the door's open and you can walk in at this point. Yeah, so I walk in. Okay. Um, yeah. And I uh, look around to see if there's like a receptionist or someone who's free that I could ask about where the library is. I mean... It, about the job posting. You Yeah, you see a... Well, seems to be a priest of Zeron. Uh, you know, as he, he's just like kind of shuffling by, he has a bunch of scrolls and books in his hand. Uh, with him is like a, next to him is like a small child carrying like a wooden case. Uh, I mean, they're just about to walk out of the room. Um, I go up to them and ask, uh, "Excuse me, sir. Um, where is this library, and uh, where could I go talk to someone about that job posting for a party of guards?" Well, uh, if you're here for the job, you can go and talk to uh, Father Orion. And for the library, uh, that, you just need to go and fill out the paperwork to get in. And it, here, um, I think I have some. And he starts pulling out sheaves of paper out of this pile in his arms. Yeah, I, I have some extra. And he just starts putting them in your hands. Uh, he stops. It looks to be at seven pages. I just need you to fill all these out. Uh, and then you will put down a five silver down payment. Um, and once you leave the library, if it, everything's fine, we give you the money back. But you just need to fill these out, um, and when you haven't filled out, you're good to go. Looking at it, it's seven pages of just bureaucratic nonsense. Um, probably take you a good half an hour, 45 minutes to, to fill out. Uh, Sully, he starts handing you the papers as well. Do you take them? No. Okay. So he looks a little confused at a se- like in a second, you know, just assuming you wanted to go to the library, uh, and then takes the papers back. You you know I can't let you in the library if, if you don't fill out these papers. I don't intend to go inside. Oh oh okay. And then he loses interest immediately and uh, just walks out the door. Um wait have we have I, have we introduced ourselves to each other? Solely me. Have you? I assume I you so. have at this point, because you've been walking together for a while. Otherwise, you had a nice aw- awkward long walk to this uh, <laughs> Temple of Zeron. I'm just imagining Solly following right behind, not even saying anything. <laughs> Staring intently at the back of his head. Um, let, okay, let's assume that we have not. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I f- forgot. We never introduced... I never introduced myself. Um, my name's Adrian Denchester. Uh, what's yours? My name is Sully Vanara. Sully, I'm... Uh, what? You can forget my last name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sully. Um, so, um, this paperwork and... This paperwork is a lower priority than that job, because who knows when that job is going to be gone. You want to come with me to see this uh, father? You realize yes. that he never told you where to find Father Orion when he walked oh. away. Oh, wait, where... Wait, Would I know where to find Father Orion? No, you know where the temple is, but I mean, you guys, the temple's not too big. You probably could find him. Hmm. All right, so, is there anybody else nearby who looks like a receptionist something? No, not right now, but I mean, again, it is a temple. I'm sure you can find a priest somewhere. 
Uh, yeah, I'll flag down the nearest. Yeah, priest. so you walk around and you end up to get someone who's a little bit more focused to tell you where uh, Father Orion is, and they they actually just go and lead you to his office. The doors are just cracked, and uh, they they knock, and you hear, "Come in." Uh, so I, so I come in and I, like peeking, like, uh, hello, is are you uh, Father Orion? Uh, I am. Uh, uh yeah, I'd like to um. And I'm like I'm in the room at this point. Um, uh, I'd like to ask about that uh, job posting I saw earlier, the one with the mines. Splendid, and the splendid, guards. splendid. So I need uh, a couple of strapping young men, just just like you, to to go out. And there's going to be a a, pa- a, a a young member of the priesthood with you as well. So. Basically, he pulls out a sheaf of paper um, with, like, notes on it, and he, like, scrolls through it. Sorry, my, my memory isn't what it used to be. He's, like, scrolling down. So, uh, in the past weeks, we've had issues of 37 livestock reported dead or missing. Uh, we haven't been able to find any wounds on these livestock. And bear with me, this will make sense in a second. Then, uh, the miner, I'm... If, were, you, were you at... I shouldn't even call it a trial. Were, were you at that... With, with that, when that green creature showed up earlier today. Um, I saw it, but didn't really hear much of it. Uh, I was too far away to hear anything. Well, a, uh, a miner from the nearby mine came by, and uh, he told me this horrible story. Uh, apparently, there's something in the mines. They, they, you know, they knocked in a new, down a new, in a new shaft. Uh, it was fine. And then later in the day, people just started disappearing. Uh... The miner said he was the only, he thinks he's the only miner who's able to get out, but he barred the entrance to the mines, and he and the rest of the people in the, at the mine at the time left. Uh, they should be getting here pro- any minute now. Um, definitely before nightfall, they should be here. But we need people to go and uh, investigate this. At the very least, uh, ideally you'll take care of the problem for us. Uh, we don't know when the guards will be back from patrolling the highway i'm i'm definitely interested who knows this might be a new magical creature uh sully how about you you interested uh, you my friend have a death wish i'm going with you <laughs> so he looks and he goes so i can i can pay each of you 25 gold for this is that satisfactory um i'd say um yeah, that's um, uh, perfectly fine, although there's, I've been journeying for a while under a quest of knowledge, so, yeah. Would you sure. prefer a couple of books in lieu of the money? Oh, books? Um, what sort of books are these? No, no, he doesn't have books in front oh. of him. He just, he yeah. asks you no, if like, you would like books oh, instead. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely, yes, these books. Okay, so... And I can uh, speak with the librarian uh, later to see if there's uh, some books we can part with uh, in exchange. Alrighty. And then um, I'll look over them, and when you come back, you can uh, grab the books. Okay. Perfectly fine. Uh, Sully, do you want to take the gold? I'll take the gold. Okay. So I just need to wait for uh, Master Hawthorne to come back. Uh, He, I think he's in his rooms, but I'll send a messenger to go find him. Uh, and when he comes back, you can go and talk to him, and when he's ready to leave, you're good to go. All right, Father. Thank you. So, 
he you know he goes out the room and he starts calling and you see it again another a, a younger younger man it's probably like 12 13 he's shuffling in the hallway the father orion stops and you know, talks to him and then he rushes away uh hawthorne about you know 30 minutes you know you just finished up your meal one of the the young initiates from the order finds you at the tavern and tells you that two men have appro- have uh, approached father orion about the job uh and father orion is wants to know if you found anyone else um and if you know and if you haven't to at very least go and talk to these people who are ready to go but uh he recommends finding you know one or two more people if you're going to go out he also tells you that he has uh, supplies for your journey ready now too I'm in the curved dagger right now, correct? Uh, you could be if you want. Okay. Um, it's if you ask around, it's one of the cheapest uh, taverns in the in the town for like getting food and drink if you're trying to save money. Okay, I'd like to take a quick look around before I head back to the Church of the Order and see if I see anyone who might look remotely interested in this adventure. So you see two or three people who might be able to, to draw your eye. A in the back. Uh, you see an older man in his 40s, uh, you know, strung over his back is a bow. Uh, but then looking down, you notice he has a peg leg. So maybe not him. Um, then you look over to your left, and you see a gnome who's dressed in sort of, sort of these robes. However, he is currently passed out on the bar. Uh, and then you see, you know, standing just... Oh, no, yeah, no, he's definitely drinking. A dwarf leaning by the doorway... Uh, with two hatchet shots in his belt. And he's the only other person in here you see actually who has weapons. I'm going to shake my head once more and approach him. Um, uh, excuse me. <coughs> Brother Dwarf! Good to see you again. And with I'm that, you recognize him. My hands. <laughs> oh, what have I gotten myself into? What brings you here today? I'm sure I'm going to regret asking this question, but... Would you perhaps be interested in helping out uh, some some members of the community? There's been some strange happenings in the mines, and uh, I need a couple of strong lads to help. Mm. What kind of strange happenings have you seen? I have no idea. Mm. Well, sounds interesting. I, I'm technically working here right now, but I'm, it's it's quite boring. I, there's only one fight, and they didn't even have the balls to fight me. <laughs> I'm just going to continue shaking my head, realizing what a poor decision I have made. You know what? Sure, I'm in. And I, uh, and I, and I, and I yell over to the, to the girl, and I go, Well, that's my shift for the day. I'm grabbing my stuff and heading out. She, she looks up. That, that's, young man, that's not how this works. But and you shuffle out the door following this other dwarf. Is Blade still carrying his booze? Yes. <laughs> and, gonna, of course. I'm going to turn to him and say... Uh, Friend, this is likely going to be dangerous. I think you should probably not be inebriated. You expect me to face danger without booze? <sighs> you and me operate very differently, Brother Dwarf. Aye, sir, but... Uh, there's... In case we need to draw our weapons against something down there, I really wish not to have an axe thrown into my back. The old lady runs out of the door. Come back here with my mug, you fool! <laughs> and she's hobbling after you with a, a stick and a dagger in her other hand. Mm. Oh, 
She's serious. Oh, I, 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 down- I will make you look like a stuck pig if you don't give me back my mug. I'm gonna I, grab. I, I down the remnants of my mug and I toss it back to her, however far away we are. Uh, she t- stops and starts hobbling in the other direction. You did not even go remotely near her with that throw. I'm gonna <laughs> rush towards the mug and pick it up and bring it to her. I'm so sorry, madam. Uh, Young people, she snatches out of your hands. Young people these days, so disrespectful. I'm very she sorry. She spits at your feet and goes back into the inn. <laughs> <sighs> She's just muttering the whole time about dwarves and young people and how they <laughs> can't be trusted with even the basic of things. Uh, and yeah, so I assume you make your way back to the, the temple? Yes. Okay, again, it's like a, you know, a five-minute walk, and you make your way back there. Uh, you see, waiting by a donkey that has supplies, you know, strapped over its back, are two, uh, what appears to be elves. Um, you, they look vaguely familiar, and they might have been in the crowd earlier in the day, but you haven't met them yet. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go find Father Rorian's office. Okay, yeah, I mean, you know where it is at this point, so you just go over and walk in. Hello? Uh, Father, it's, it's me, Hathor. Oh, come, come in, come in. Uh, I enter with, I assume, blade in tow. Uh, yes. I mean, if you brought him, he's... I assume he's coming. Yeah, I'm following uh, you, brother dwarf. Yeah. I've found one, and I'm going to look to him. Satisfactory candidate for our party. Um, I do not know of anyone else in the town who could help us. You said that I would only need two or three more people. Have you found someone? Yes, and he's, he's dubiously looking over uh, this dwarf you brought in. I wave. You see him sniff. Is, th- is that beer I smell? Aye, Father, it is. Uh, <sighs> and some other things. Well, the journey will give him plenty of time to sober up. 25 gold, is that is that good enough for you? Mm, boy, that'll do. Uh, and I guess if you die, then I don't need to pay you, right? And he kind of like laughs a little bit and like uh, goes and nudges too. you. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to widen my eyes at this outburst. <laughs> <laughs> So, with that, um, he goes, okay, so Hawthorne, you know what you need to do? Uh, outside, uh, if you didn't notice, it was right by the door. I have a donkey with some supplies for your journey. It should take only a day or two to get there. Um, and that's, that's me and that's all. You just go and take care of the problem. I'll be right here. Now, you're young. Shouldn't be that hard. Who, who are the, uh, the members you recruited? Oh, it's these two elves. Um, one of them, I, I don't know what he does, but, it, you know... He looks fit enough, and the other uh, is a man man of learning. Uh, I think he might be a man of magic. I remember seeing a uh, small book on his belt. So, you uh, you use him to your best of your ability. I'll make do. Okay. And with that, I will leave and go find the burrow of supplies I saw earlier and what I assume to be the two elves. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're right, and again, right by the door. So, on the donkey is just a bunch of saddlebags full of travel rations and uh, uh, some water, like a small water cask that's strapped to his side. I, I, I look at it and I go, Pah, water, who needs that? Well, uh, it is approaching nighttime. Are you guys going to leave right now to, to get ahead, or do you guys want to wait till the, the next day? I'm going to gather the group around me and uh, kind of brief them on everything I know about the situation. Um, I'd recommend that we don't leave just now. I'd recommend let's wait till morning. Um, in all honesty, 
we might be able to find quarters in the order if I uh, ask Father Orion. It might it might come out of your pay. I'm not sure, but um, I would recommend us stay here until the night passes. Uh, yes. Um, it it's definitely becoming night. Um, I mean, you already have a room at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, I got I have a room in the tavern nearby. Um, so yeah, I'll, I guess I'll go stay the night there. Um, yeah. I sleep outside. Okay. Uh, I I'm need gonna... a room. I I I just gave up the the bed I had, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Uh. Blid, would you mind helping me? And I'm going to go stable the donkey and bring all our supplies into my room for the night. So you can just get a cot for Blade uh, in your room. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay. Looks like I'm bunking with you, Brother Dwarf. <laughs> At least he's not as drunk now. <laughs> he didn't seem to be drunk at any point, but you could smell... He was definitely drunk from the amount of alcohol you smelled on him, but he didn't seem that drunk. Mm-hmm. Definitely a functioning alcoholic you have right here. <laughs> uh, so... With that, you guys, I mean, you sleep through the night. Nothing happens. You're not, you know, accosted by anything in the middle of the town. Uh, And the sun rises. You all meet in front of the temple, you know, unless any of you choose to sleep later. But I assume all of you get up, you know, at a reasonable time and meet in front of the temple. I get up at dawn and start readying the burrow. Okay. So about an hour or two after dawn, you're all ready to go. Uh... And that's it. Do you guys need to want to pick up anything in town before you leave? Um, no. Okay. I've got everything I need. I'm ready to fight things. Okay, well, in that case, you guys head out of the town. So, you know, uh, by walking, it's going to be about a day to the to the, the mine. Um, normally, what they do is they have carts that are magically powered. To make this trip so it takes faster but again they're not going to use those on you so you guys get to walk Ooh, magically powered so <laughs> you guys start making your way to the to the mine uh, how are you guys walking uh, what, what is the order or formation that you guys are in uh i'm in front leading the burrow with us mm. i'm walking i'm walking just to the just to the side of brother dwarf and i've that produced a bottle of alcohol from my pack, and I'm sipping liberally. Where did you get that from? <laughs> you think I don't have a stock on hand at all times? Uh, we won't get to the mine till tomorrow. It'll be fine. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm worried about today. Uh, they said there were things coming out of the mine or something along those lines. I'd rather be ready today. Well, I'll be ready. Don't worry. <sighs> um, I'll just... I'm in towards the back next to the cart. I'll take up the rear. Okay. So, yeah, you guys are walking, and, you know, the the sun comes up. It's a, it's a mile a day, probably in the 60s or so. Uh, the sun's out. In fact, it's quite beautiful. So... Oh, wait, have we introduced ourselves? Like, I know me and Salt... Uh, when like, I briefed you guys, I oh, assume really? I, I introduced all of us and went around and did the name game and all that. Alrighty. So... You all have a passing familiarity with each other. Enough that you'd recognize each other on the street, at least. And then, again, you're, you're walking through the plains at this point. The, the grass itself is about head level where you're traveling. There's, there's a road that you're traveling on, so there's no grass there. But you can't see anywhere because the grass you know, blocks your vision. Um, you know, it's a little windy, so you see the grass moving and all that. And you're just, and you're just moving. Uh, when you say head height, is that dwarf head height or elf Head height. Normal head height, so elf head height. So I can't right. see anything. Yeah, the dwarves are like 
Damn, this is tall grass. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like spitting grass and I'm not like. <laughs> so yeah, you you, know, you just keep like you know walking all day, um, and then you pass a broken down cart with bodies around it. You see it. You see it down the road. You know, you're about, you're approaching it, and there's bodies sprawled across the road, and the grass around it's burnt and charred. Uh, what do you guys do? I'm going to look around and see if I can see anything as to why these bodies are here. You're about 150 feet away when you first see it. Do you guys approach it in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we approach it. Okay. Blade, Blade grows uncharacteristically somber. But I'm very much on guard. Okay. So you're approaching this broken down wagon. Um, and as you get closer, you see it's obviously one of the mining carts. Um, in fact, this looks like this might have been the people that were supposed to be coming back from the mine earlier in the day. Um, the cart itself is charred. Uh, it looks like someone tried to set it on fire, but it didn't catch all the way. Uh, the axle's broken, and it's like pushed to the side of the road. The people around it are chopped up. Not, not like they were you know, in battle and then like sliced. I mean, there's pieces of people everywhere. This is horrifically gruesome. So, anyone here who has not seen battle before? Define battle. Battle. Soldier. Who who here has not had not been a mercenary or soldier in their past? Um, I have not. Not me. But then, to be fair, I, I live. I used to live right next to the chasm, and the citadel. So. Okay, so everyone except for Blade, please roll me Constitution saving throws. Yeah. This is actually horrifying what you're saying. Natural 20. That one. That's right. Okay. So, Hawthorne, you know, your faith holds you. You you know that there's evil things in the world and you've you've prepared yourself to deal with them. So you you know, you kind of you swallow down the vomit and you keep going ahead to do your job. And then to your sides you hear <laughs> and you see the both of the elves <laughs> behind you just... I rolled a nat 20. Oh, you rolled a nat 20. I thought it was a nat 1. Okay, yeah. Well, then you just see the, the elf with the green hair, uh, you, you know, Adrian, just puking his brains out of his feet, as utterly I, disgusted at what happened. As I hear this, I'm going to turn around. Are you all right? Uh, no. I don't think I've seen anything this bad in Desilda before. I hand my bottle of nameless alcohol to him. <laughs> no thanks. Suit yourself, and I and I put it away in my pa- I cork it and I put it away in my pack. So, Solly, what are you doing? Um, so there's bodies strewn about, and it was a cart or a carriage. It's a huge cart, so it is meant to move like ore back to town. All right, I'd like to look inside, see if I can find any place where the ore might have been put, and see if it's been stolen or something. So the carriage, you know, the this giant cart itself was, you know, did what? There's a little bit ore in it, but it looked like it was mostly full of like supplies and like people's belongings. And you know, there's it's not all the way full. You could see where like there were some makeshift chairs and stuff, like you know, made into the side of the walls for people to sit. Um. And then, like looking and like uh, looking through this uh, the cart, you see where there might be where a driver would sit. You find a black metal bolt, like a crossbow bolt, that is embedded in the wood, and it's nothing like you've seen before. the 
the feathers on, on the back are made out of metal as well. Um, but they're obviously feathers. It's not like someone made feathers at, at a smith. Like you can see the individual strands on the feather. Um, do you take the bow, the bolt out of the uh, wood? I don't want to risk breaking it before someone else um, who's better than me at this has a chance to look at it. So I'll call over for everyone to gather around. Okay, so everyone who's also going to be searching, roll me investigation checks at this point. Okay. Um, Tell me if you get above a 15. Otherwise... Uh, 16. 16? Right at it. Okay. A 15. So, Blade was busy putting away his alcohol. <laughs> but... Uh, so Adrian, as you as you was began, you know, you wiped your throw up off your mouth, and you began searching. Uh, you're following Solly, and you're looking around, and you see tracks that lead into the plains. Um, but on the ground, like on the road itself, you see the giant animal footprints. And roll me a nature check to see if you recognize them. Nature check. Mm-hmm. Four. Giant animal footprints of unidentified sort. Uh, you see them, and they're like you rolled a body over, and they were underneath the body, and you're able to find them. So maybe if someone else can recognize them. Uh, guys, I found this giant footprint in the ground. Um, I don't know if anyone knows stuff about giant creatures that make giant footprints somewhere, but I'll walk over, and as I walk over, I say I also found a crossbow bolt in the side of the. Uh, you might want to take a look. Um, I'll go. I go over to the carriage and take a look at the crossbow bolt. Um. So, while you guys are doing that, uh, Hawthorne, you were you, know, you were looking and you were just you know obviously this is it was horrible, but the way that this is and it's set up, you kind of like take a step back and you look at how the bodies are set up, and it looks like these people were running away from the, the, you know, this cart right here. And then you start looking to see, and you kind of look in the grass, and you make your way over to, like, in, in the grass, you see, like, a path of, like, blood leading there. And in there, you find this giant green man. Um, he's got tusks that come out of his mouth. One of the tusks are broken. Um, in his shoulder is, like, a miner's pick. And he's still breathing at this point, unconscious right now, but still breathing. And like clenched in his hand is a giant blood and gore covered uh, battle axe. Do I have any idea what this is? You've never seen a creature like this before. You've never heard of them. And you said he was carrying a miner's pick. No, no. So in his shoulder is embedded a miner's pick. Okay. Um, and there's, you see other wounds on him. But he is bleeding and unconscious on the ground right now. He will die unless he receives medical attention. And in his hand is a gore-covered battle axe. Oh, sorry, great axe. Um, seeing this, I'm very hesitant because while I wish for everything to be tried fairly, this is... It looks indicative that whatever this is has slaughtered these people. Um, however... I am going to cast Healing Word on it. Okay. At first level. 
you see his wounds begin to close up and his breathing becomes much more steady. Uh, and his eyes snap open. Um, how much do you heal him for? Five. Okay. Or sorry, six. And roll initiative. Oh, wait, what? Everyone or just him? Just Hawthorne right now. S- 16. Could okay. You, you see his eyes snap open and his arm starts to move up and he's swinging the axe towards you. Uh, it's his first reaction to see as he sees you. Uh, but you go first. What do you do? Um, I'm going to knock him back down with Samrin. Okay. Seeing this display of aggression. That's fine. Uh, uh, I'm going to try and make it non-lethal damage, though. Okay. So the way in 5 that it works is when you put, bring a creature down to zero, you tell me if you're knocking unconscious or killing it. Okay. So, that's a 7. Okay. You don't hit him. However, actually, I'm sorry. He's on the ground prone, so you can roll with advantage. Okay. So you're probably going to roll harder than that. That's an eight. Oh, never mind then. (laughs) Your hammer slams on the ground next to him, and you hear laughter coming from it as the axe keeps swinging towards you. Can I use my bonus action to call for help? You may. Everyone else can roll initiative at this point. Oh, boy. Brother Dwarf! I found something! What's going on? Um, Twelve. That is uh, 17. One second. So what we're going to do is who rolled above a 20? No one? Okay, from 15 to 20. 18. Okay. 17. Okay, so we got Solly, then Adrian, then what did Hawthorne roll? It was a 16. 16, okay. And what did Blade roll? 12. Okay. Hang on one second. Okay, so the, he swings up. He's not even bothering to get off the ground. He's just swinging this axe at you. And what's your armor class, Hawthorne? 15. Okay. And this axe slams into your legs, uh, dealing nine damage to you. Ouch. Now, as it's going by, he reaches out with the other hand to pull you onto the ground with him. Roll an opposed athletics or acrobatics check. Okay. It's going to be athletics. Four. Okay. The rolls are back, guys. And he slams <laughs> you onto the ground with him, grinning wildly as you like as he opens the mouth and you see beyond his tusks, surprisingly normal-looking teeth. Could uh, really use some help here. And with that, it goes to the top of the beginning of the order with Solly. All right, how far am I away from? I mean, you're probably about. You can't see him in the grass, but you. He sounded fairly close. All right, so I'm going to walk directly towards wherever the sound came from. Okay. So running over there is going to take your whole turn to reach him. Oh, he's uh, 70 feet away? Oh, I forgot you had extra movement. So he is 50 feet away. 50. So I still think you need to use two movements for that. Yeah, I need to, I need to dash for that. Okay. So, yeah, so you're going to spend your whole turn for that. Now, with that... You can't do anything else unless you have a class ability. I don't know about. Um, I do not. Okay, so I assume you're you know you're drawing your weapon as you're running over. And with that, we have Adrian. Um, so how far am I from from uh, this thing? Uh, just about the same distance. Uh, you don't know how far he is though, because okay. he disappeared into the grass. But you, you heard where his voice came from. Uh, so I also run over to where this, 
Sounders. Okay, you're gonna have to spend your whole again your whole turn running All over right. there. But All you right. you run and and I mean you see what was happening right now. You see as you like run to the small clearing where they are through the grass, the orc you know has the uh, blade on top of them and they're like grappling on the ground. And with that, it's Hawthorne's turn. Uh, I'm gonna try and get out of the grapple. Okay, so spend your action to try to break the grapple. That is athletics, yes. Yes, or acrobatics. Oh, that's tilted. Twelve. Okay, roll again. He also rolled a twelve. Okay. Twenty-one. Okay, yeah. So you managed to break three, uh, you know, rolling to the side uh, as he like tries to grab you. So you have a move action and your bonus action left. Yeah. Um. Um, some bow music, perhaps? <laughs> In that case, I'm going to try and move away from him and get towards uh, Solly, who I see coming through. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you managed to... So, you stand up, and you managed to move about, you know, 10, 15 feet away from him. So, you're, like, at the edge of this clearing in the grass. Okay. And uh, after that is Adrian. So you you run into the grass, and you see just as Hawthorne is managed to peel himself away. Uh, what do you do? So um, I will um, cast a fireball. Okay. At, towards the enemy that's not Hawthorne. Um, okay. So roll with disadvantage because he's prone right now. Dis disadvantage or advantage? Disadvantage. So uh, when enemies are prone on the ground, unless you're within melee range of them, you have disadvantage to hit. Okay, so that's a 15 and... Four, so 15. Okay. So 15 for a hit. Uh, so that's not a hit. Okay. Um, however, uh, you still have a moving bonus action left. Um, how far am I at this point? I mean, you're right at the edge of the clearing. You can, you can move right up to him if you want to. Um... I'll just so is this is a movement action or or a bonus action. So you spent your normal action, right? Yeah. Now you have left a movement action and a bonus action. To move you have to use your movement action. Uh, your bonus action would be something like, you know, picking up a object off your belt or something. Um so um I guess uh, I just move around the clearing, like around the edge of the clearing to get into a better spot. Okay. Uh that yeah. Okay, so yeah, you move to, you know, so you can start flanking him. And then Hawthorne, it's now your turn. Uh, so, do we skip late? Yeah. No, so it's the order. So what happened is when the order started, I started with a new order when you guys came in. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on the creature. Okay. So it needs to succeed in a dexterity saving throw, DC 13. It made it. Okay. Uh, no effect. No effect then? Okay. Um, and that's going to be it for me. Okay. And with that, the orc stands up, starting to laugh, and in a guttural language you don't understand, it starts chanting towards you guys. Um, and it goes ahead to charge. Um, it charges Solly, who uh, it sees uh, like right in front of him. And Solly, what are you gonna do as he, he charges you? Um, what is your initial reaction to this? 
do I have a turn or is you, you don't just tell, tell me what, tell me like what reaction you see this creature running towards you oh I just prepare okay well yeah so he goes towards you and what's your AC 17 17 and he swings and he managed to step out of the first swing and he brings as the you know the swing goes by and he goes to bring the swing back down towards you uh, and hits you with the backswing dealing oh crap um that would be 15 damage so I'm down okay so he is laughing now and do his chants much louder that he's it's obviously the same thing he's like repeating over and over again um, and he's standing over your fallen fallen friend over his body he's like raising the axe above his head to to cleave him on the ground and bladed is now your turn okay how far how far away am I so you okay so what so what is you're at the edge of the clearing now okay and you made your way over and you see this uh, you know you saw what was happening but you arrived at the end of this so right now you see the orc or I mean you guys don't know what it is but mm -hmm. you see this giant green man uh, about to cleave Saul, who looks like he's unconscious or dead on the ground. Okay. Do I? Uh, am I close enough that I'm that I'd be able to charge him before? Yes, you you can charge him if you want. Okay. All right. That's what I do. I make sure my axes are ready and I and I charge right at him. So, are are you going to actually hit him, or are you going to go for a shove or a grapple? Um, I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to swing at him. Okay. With both my axes. Okay. All right. So I make it there and. I got nat twenty, okay, and a and a eleven, okay. So first roll that critical damage right there. Okay. So how do we do crit damage again? So you're gonna roll double dice and then add your normal modifier. Okay. Eleven damage. Okay. So with that, you cleave into his side and blood like sprays out as you hit him, and the creature his chance stops for a second. And his eyes snap onto you, and he starts chanting again, uh, seemingly unperturbed by you know this obviously you know terrible blow that you cut into him, and you see blood pouring out of him. I mean, like he should—if this was any other person, you think he'd be down. Um, and he like Boy. goes to step towards you and stumbles a little bit, and then you hit him with the other ha hatchet, and he falls to the ground, dead. Just, oh. you you did it. Uh, you're you know you rip your hatchet out of him on the chest you know, and roll him over. He's uh -huh. he's not breathing even at this point. Looks like I got here just in time. What We're was that monster? So uh, what did you say? We're out of initiative at this point. You're out of combat. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna rush over to Solly and uh, try and make a medicine check to bring him up. Okay. Yeah. You you go over. He's not looking so hot. Um. I, I also come over and that's a take nine. A look. Okay. I also come over. He to coughs and blood like kind of dribbles out of his mouth. Uh, Solid roll my death saving throw. All right. Fourteen. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you're good in this one. Uh, remember, uh, if you have lay in hands, that will stabilize him. I don't. I'm not a paladin. Oh, I forgot you changed class. So, with that, um, um could I go over also and do a medicine check also? You may. All right. Um. Oh shit. Um, uh, 19 plus, uh, so that's, uh, okay. 23. So you manage to roll him on his side and, you know, you start, you pull a couple of, uh, 
like herbs out of your you know your component pouch that you know that'll help and you you, know, you go over and you start treating him uh, so Saul you're stabilized and one second there you go okay and for Saul you know you'll be up in an hour mm-hmm. so with that what do you guys do I'm gonna look over the creature we just defeated and see if I can discern anything about what he came from, what happened. Yes, uh, roll an investigation check on. Or a perception check. Uh, I'm gonna go with perception, that's an 18. Okay. So, just looking him over on the ground, you know, you roll him over. Uh, you're not really like, getting in there and all that. He's covered in ritual scarring you know, all, all over his body and like these like runes and everything. Do I know what the runes say? It's not a language you're familiar with. Okay. Um, now, on his belt, you see a small hand crossbow, uh, and there's uh, bolts like strapped to the bottom of it. Uh, they're you know, they're pure metal bolts. The feathers seem to appear to be metal as well. Um, the bolts themselves, you see the tips appear. There appears to be some sort of ichor on them. It's like uh, greenish and shiny. Then, you know, in his hand was the, you know, the great axe. Uh, it's, you know, wiping the blood and gore off of it a little bit. You see it's, like, very finely inlaid with, like, this battle scene design in the blade. And then that's it. You know, he's wearing some destroyed armor at this point from not just you, but whatever he was fighting earlier. Apparently, you know, you could assume it was the miners earlier. The, the armor's just kind of destroyed. It's like a... Uh, you know, uh, splint mail, and um, on his belt you see some currency that you're unfamiliar with, you've never seen before, and in a small other pouch he has a like, it's a small creature's head inside the pouch, and it's also a creature that you don't recognize. Hmm. Um. If I had to hazard a guess, I'd say this has been this is what's been causing all the trouble around here. I'm sure there's been more than one. My concern is this isn't the only one. So just to remind you, uh, you were told that the livestock, at least, that were found had zero wounds on them. And? The, the, the people you found right here were chopped up. This creature doesn't match up with everything I've been told by Father Orion. Um, I don't think this is what we came for. Well, I mean, anything that uh, is responsible for killing how many bodies could we find? Well, that's the issue. You're not sure how many sure. there. They're all chopped up. <laughs> sure, uh, uh, surely a big burly thing with a axe isn't going to... St- Kill like 37 livestock in the night with no injuries. I'm almost certain that the bodies that we just found, that the thing that accosted the cart we saw on the road was this, judging by the crossbow and the axe and the blood and the pickaxe. However, this doesn't match up with everything we've been told. Could be something in the mines? Who knows? So, Sully, when you see him uh, looking over the body, you do see that the bolts are the same as, a, as the, the bolts that are attached to this guy's crossbow. Uh, just, just so you know. Do I know 
what the origin of the bolts may be through some of my experience working with my father in the forge. Um, you can roll me an intelligence check. Okay. Twelve. Okay. Uh, so they're steel bolts. Uh, kind of like looking at them. It's not any sort of, you know, iron that you are familiar with nearby, at least. Maybe it, it, may, maybe it could have come from, you know, like maybe, the, you know, pretty far away. Uh, but it's again, it's nothing you've recognized. So it's nothing, nothing around either uh, Zargoff or the plains. Okay. And do you guys uh, take this body? Like, you know, do you drag it back with you to the path, or you just leave it there? Do you bury it? I suppose we have to move on to the mines, and I don't much feel like carrying this thing with us. We'll need to drag um, solely with us, though. Will him up into the cart, I guess. You ride in the wagon. A creature like this does not deserve a burial. However, it is best that we burn the body. Okay. Blades, on, blades on board with burning things. So are you guys going to set a pyre for the uh, remains of everyone else as well? Before we set the pyre, I'm going to make sure that we make a decent fire pit and make sure this isn't going to spread to the wild, the wild grasses. Okay, so with this, you're going to have to probably spend the rest of the day uh, doing this then. So if you're going to make a pyre, I assume not just for this creature and for the other people? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take you the rest of the day. Okay. Blade, Blade starts cutting like a like like a like a fire path clearing. Okay. Now he's gleefully cutting through the grass with his axes. Okay. I assume it's been more than an hour at this yeah, point. Yeah. So, so you I'm up. so you wake up and you're like, oh crap. You roll over on your side. You cough a little bit, and you see, it looks up here. They start to be making a pyre, maybe. Um, definitely a huge fire at the, at the very least. Um, Adrian's, I'm guess. Uh. I guess, um, Adrian's, um, uh, like, just going through the bodies, taking a look at what they had. Um, okay. Because who knows, it might be useful. Okay. Um, Hawthorne, would you let him loot the bodies? I'm gonna ask him. Like, just what, the orc. What are you just doing? The orc. Um, like, just the orc? I mean. Like, who, this is an, uh, because the crossbow is of an unknown material along with the bolts. We don't know what sort of material it is like we generally know that it's something metal but if we could take it back for study who we could find someone who maybe could recognize it so there's only the one orc body that you guys killed the rest of the yeah. bodies are the miners and people that were at the mine i'll acquiesce to this but i'm keeping a close eye on you all right okay so you guys you know you guys keep searching and you're looking through that the rest you know the rest of you are making the pyre, and you know, the day goes by. I'll also walk around and um, keep his great axe, because that seems like something we haven't seen before. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I assume you guys keep the crossbow as well. Uh, just right. who has the crossbow on them with the bolts? Mm. I, I want we... nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'll keep the crossbow on me. Okay, so the crossbow- oh, wait, there was also a bag of coins, wasn't it, that we don't yeah, know where it's, it came from. Yeah, it's a currency you're not familiar with. How about we just take like five of those and then... Like, we can take the whole thing. He's not. Perhaps, he doesn't need it. Perhaps, yeah. If you're dead, you don't need the money, right? Um, so yeah, I guess I take the sack. We, we, take it we need to figure out where this is from. We That's take it for investigation priority. purposes okay. only. That's so, so, Sully, on your sheet, right, um, the unknown orc crossbow, or sorry, unknown uh, hand crossbow, rather, 
All right. And you have five poisoned bolts. Oh. Okay. Then the great axe is just a normal great axe. Uh, as of right now, that's all you can tell. It you know, doesn't appear to be magical. All right. Um, and then I mean, that's that's all you're able to you know get, get, grab off of him. And you then know. the sack of coins. And the sack of coins. So you just put in your sheet. Just put yeah. a pouch of unidentified currency. All right. So with that, yeah, you guys make the pyre, and you're able, you know, able to put these people to rest. Uh, and it's, you know, it's fairly large. If there's anything in the plains nearby, they will definitely be able to see this fire you made. Are you guys going to camp nearby this giant fire you made for the night, or are you going to move on further down the path? Granted, you're almost like you're almost like a, at least a half a day behind at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish we could rest. Uh, we should press on at least to the mines. Uh, I also I agree. Um, though we should be on guard because what if there's whatever evil thing is out there could try attacking us in the middle of the night. Let's see what. Let's see if we can find a place to camp closer to the mines. I agree. Let's move on. Aye. Okay, so you guys are traveling, and you're making your way towards the mines. You know, further down the road. And nothing, nothing, you know, here's another ordinary. You hear some howling, you know, in the distance as you're approaching. But you round a bend and you're there. You're at the mines. You, you, you're at the outskirts of this, this very small, like, mining outpost. And it's a ghost town. There's, it's like, obviously people pick up this stuff super fast to go. Like, you smell, like, burnt food that was, just, like, just left cooking and, you know, the fire went out. Um, but you don't see anyone as you start walking to this town. I'd rather not explore while we're uh, so dearly injured. So you can, there is, so it's mostly like temporary buildings, right? Like, you know, like like lean-tos and, uh, you know, like kind of like shacks and stuff. Right. But there is a couple of like actual buildings that are like permanent. Uh, there's one that's like right as you walk in and you, you can you walk in there and it appears to be a like, you know, like a, a tavern, uh, not an inn, but just, just, just a place to drink and eat, um, there. And it's, it's empty. You know, there's, there's no one inside. You like, you walk back in the kitchen, all the fires are out. Uh, there's no one, you know, staff. There's like food that was left out on the tables, you know, uh, it's, it's almost eerie. I saw we camp in here for the night. Yeah. Together. Yes. Together. Mm. Aye, but we must, we should stand watch. Hmm. I can take second watch if that's fine. After four hours, I'll take the dawn. Um, I'll stay up for right now because the my vengeance is not too bad at night. So remember, if you have to cast spells, you need a full eight hours, uh, before you can like a long rest before you can cast spells again. If you use any of your spell slots, I didn't. Okay, that's that's for anyone though. I'll take third watch then. Okay, so. Who's taking first watch? Uh, me, Adrian. Okay, second watch? Uh, I can, but I can take a four-hour watch. Okay. Then after Solly? Uh, that'd be Blade. Okay. So that's enough for the whole night with those three watches. Okay, that's good. And with that, um, how do you guys set up this? And how do, do you do you just kind of like shut the doors and hope for the best? Do you guys, you know, try to bar, bar the windows, uh, the door? Do you like push tables up? How, how do you guys like set up your 
your sleeping arrangements. Is there anything around to barricade? There's a uh, bunch of tables and benches. Right. The the windows are wooden shuttered, but you, you could try to like lean a table against it. You know. I assume the donkey's there too, inside with us. I uh, do. You bring it inside. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I say we block all but the back door. I agree with that. We'll have our sentry watch the back door. Is there is there is there like a roof accessible or is it like a thatched roof? So the roof itself is just a slate roof. Uh, there's no there's nothing is a single like you can see the roof from the, here. It's just a single floor. There's nothing nothing above you. Mm. Mm. Is it worth putting the uh, is it worth having the sentry up on the roof or keep him inside with us? Unless you're fine that your best vision is from up high, I'd recommend being here. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So, uh, Adrian, you you take the first watch. Yes. And it's just downright boring. It's nothing's happening. You know, you hear the wind, you know, blowing outside. Uh, it is a little creepy because. Yeah. So it is a little creepy, but you know, that's just because you're like in a ghost town, you know. But. Uh, you know, nothing happens. You you, know, you manage to you wake up Solly after you, and you know he he goes on his watch. Uh, Solly, roll my perception check, please. All right. Um, that is a thirteen. Okay. Um, you don't hear anything. Um. Now. The your watch goes by uneventfully then. Uh, you don't you don't hear anything or anything like that, and Blade, you're you're woken up by Solly later. You know it's starting to become a little bit light out. You know, but uh, yeah, your watch goes away also uneventfully. Now, when you all wake up, do you guys uh, like unbar the like the doors and stuff, or do you just go out just go out the back door? Um, I don't see us coming back here, so um. Yeah, unbarring the door is probably the best idea. Okay. So you, you go out the front door, and there is trails of blood all outside of the, you know, your the tavern you're in. Were those there before? They were definitely not. <laughs> They're <laughs> still wet. Wait, um, what? So when I say trails of blood, imagine if there was, like, it's just like a path of droplets of blood. Like, you don't see any footprints or anything. It's just this path of droplets of blood that circled and kind of like meandered around the inn, uh-huh. the, the tavern that you're in. Well, that's my ominous. That is very weird. Like, are we able to see where the blood trail leads? Uh, or no? Are you going to follow it? Uh, can I look for footprints? You can. Please roll me a survival check. I'd like to do the same. Okay, anyone wants to roll a survival check? 14. So, uh, so if more than one of you can roll a survival check, then you just one person will roll with an advantage. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, what did you roll, a 14? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then roll one more time. Okay. Mm, 18. Okay. You see tracks that are obviously from the people leaving the town, like the miners and the assorted families that are there with them, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no tracks in this, like, path of blood, like, following this path. But you follow the path of blood, and it leads into the entrance of the mines. And these, the, the thing is, though, the mines right now are bolted shut. These solid, you know, metal doors that are, you know, they're closed, and there's this giant padlock on them. 
Uh, there's like a small gap between the doors because I mean it wasn't perfectly made like an inch but in between the doors is just blood like dripping down do uh, the doors look wide enough that they could fit something through them if they were pushed to the straining point of the chains um the it's a padlock so it, it, there's an inch of room for them to to move through this oh, that's good uh, and like you can look and see how thick these are too it's they're like an inch thick the doors the doors are an inch thick? The doors are an inch thick of metal. Oh, and metal. there's a giant padlock on them. Um, and it, when you check it, the padlock's locked. It's not like it's just a dummy lock that was broken or something, you know? It's it's still locked. So nothing, either something went in there and locked through the inch, locked it, you know, behind itself, or it managed to fit through that inch gap. Well, I suspect there's something, there's something uh, evil back there. Nothing good. Nothing good. I suppose we gotta go kill it. Hmm? All right, I <laughs> Blade, Blade starts rummaging through his pack and he pulls out, uh, he has a set of Mason's tools and he's gonna, he's gonna do his best to uh, break some, break these padlock, break you said this padlock. Mason tools. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's, it's not ideal. So you pull out a hammer basically. Yeah, uh, hammer's <laughs> gonna try to smack Does anyone it. have thievery tools before he does this? I do not. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and try to break this, roll a uh, strength check. Uh, that is a nine. Okay, Ooh. so Blaze just there hammering against this lock inefficiently, making a lot of noise. Uh, you hear you hear the the hammer just echoing through the mine, and it just echoes back. And then he hits it again, and it echoes through and echoes back. If there's something in there, it knows you're here. I'm going to take Summerin, and I'm going to strike at the lock as hard as I can. Roll attack roll. 16. Okay, yeah, you hit. So with that, you smash the lock apart, uh, making an even louder noise, you know, that echoes down through the, uh, the, the mines. But the door, you can pull it open, and the doors creak open, and you're able to open them. And, you know, this empty maw just you know, stares at you. I look around the group with a little bit of a wry smile and say, Subtlety's not exactly our specialty, eh? Mm, definitely. We don't need subtlety. We have blades. <laughs> we have one blade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blade's very happy That's about blade puns. So Start sharpening his blades. Like when you enter off. the mines, uh, it's pitch black in there first off. Uh... Everyone has dark vision, I think. Yeah, we all have dark vision. I'm, I'm <laughs> nice. actually going to, regardless of this, uh, use Semrin and cast light. Okay. I also, I also cast uh, dancing lights. Okay. So I mean, there's and then just move along with us. So you guys are able to see. So the way that works is you're, you can see 120 feet with the light, and your dark vision. So actually, it would be more like a like 180, 200 feet, combining your dark vision and the the light that's made from the the magic. Mm. Okay. So you, yeah. you can see pretty far if there's a straightaway down this uh, mine shaft. And as you are going down, you see this path of blood continue straight down this mine shaft. Uh, what order are you guys walking down? I'll go first. I'll uh, follow close behind. I'm third, I guess. So you're just walking in a line? Yeah, I'd say I'm going to walk is... just to the side. Yeah, there's enough room for all of you to walk abreast. It's a large pine shaft. Then that's probably the best plan. Yeah. 
Okay. So you're all yeah. just you're all just walking next to each other, you know, yeah. keeping an eye out, and you're following this path of blood down, and it goes down to those mines. I mean, you're walking, and you're walking. I don't know. It's, you're not sure how long you're walking. Maybe half an hour, an hour. It's kind of hard to tell with nothing to, you know, these like seemingly identical walls, just shafts kind of spouting in and out on either side of you as there's like you know, the side mine shafts that go out. Um, and eventually this path of blood goes down a small shaft here, right? And it's like right near the end. Uh, like you can see down further and you see like the end of the main mine shaft that they were digging. Uh, but you know, this is a, a newer shaft. Like you can see the wood holding it up is like still green. Um, and it leads down into this small side, uh, you know, shaft. Suppose we have to follow the blood. This must be the shaft they just opened. So you guys turn down the shaft, and only two of you can walk abreast down this shaft. By the way, uh, it's this is like a brand new shaft. Like they just they just opened it up, um, and they were just seeing if there's anything over here. Um, I'll be in the back row. I'm gonna <laughs> walk abreast with Blade. Mm. Okay. The dwarves on and on, leading the way. So you guys are walking, and the blood, you know, it keeps leading you down there. And you see, further down this hall, a group of, like, it, it opens up into, like, this cavern, right? And this is obviously a natural cavern that it opens up into. Mm. Uh, and you hear water dripping in the cavern, and uh, what appears to be a, a stream. And in the cavern, you see, like, at the edge of, like, the path, you see it appears to be a leg sticking into the your path and more maybe bodies further in. Oh, that's good. So that's Ooh. about 100 feet away that you guys see this. Hmm. Okay. Does the leg just appear to be a disembodied leg? So Nothing super special about it? It just looks like maybe there's a body with hopefully the rest of the body attached to this leg right there, right? But it's just the rest of it. That's the only thing sticking into the path is the leg right now. Do we see anything else in the large? Well, you don't have a great view right now because you're imagine oh. you're you're standing in a very narrow, uh, you know, walkway or you know, tunnel, mm. and it opens up so you you can see like you know straight in it, and you see that there's obviously a couple more bodies other than just that leg you see, but they're further in this cavern and kind of like where you see like. It's it's hard to see where you are. You would have to move closer to get a better okay. view. Honestly. I try to I try to cautiously sneak forward uh, and get a full view of the cavern. Are you guys moving? Trying to stealth now at this point? I'm yeah, gonna try I'd to stealth. So. Are you guys gonna follow? Uh, sure. I'm yeah. gonna stick by the wall. I have a um, mask of the wild, which uh, lets me hide even if I'm lightly obscured by natural stuff. So, so I need to try to take up the front. Okay, so every, unless you are going to separate yourself from the group, this is going to be a group stealth roll. So everyone roll a stealth roll. Okay, with disadvantage. So yeah. just tell me. Okay, so a stealth roll is which? So you're going it's, to look on your uh, skills? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Hawthorne, what did you roll? Nine. Nine, nice. Uh, Solly? That's a ten. Okay. Big rolls. Okay, uh, Adrian, what did you roll? Nine. Okay, so you guys rolled a sixteen. Come on, guys. come on, Blade. You know that you guys are not sneaking up on anything. Uh, yeah. You hear the jingling of chain and the your blade. You know, they hear like the weapons like bouncing and like scraping against the walls. Uh, someone like kicks a rock, but you know, you guys are you're trying at least, right? And you approach and you see it, that leg that you saw earlier is definitely still attached to a body. Um, it's a miner. He's holding a pickaxe in his hand, and he's like sprawled out on the ground. And you guys can see now. You get closer, 
You're about 30 feet away from this entrance now. Uh, there appears to be four other bodies that are sprawled in there. And they're like all near each other, you know? They, uh, they all appear to be trying to run back towards this uh, entrance way. Like you see they're like face on facing the entrance. Can mm. I try and see what the cause of death was? So yeah, you're gonna go up to the bodies? Not close. Okay, well, tell me how close you're gonna get. I'm gonna stay like five feet back. Okay, so just looking uh, from there, there appears to be no wounds on them. Nothing that you can see unless you want to try rolling them over to see if there's wounds on the other side. <sighs> this is the point where most men would turn back. You feel this deep in last session? Well, considering that we are in this mine right now, we are certainly no ordinary men. No, we are not. None of us are men, really. Huh. <laughs> All right. Um, did anybody grab the axe of the orc? Didn't you? you did. uh, so, Sully, you, well. you said you, you had yeah. it. Okay, that just wasn't my inventory. I'm going to try to use the axe and, like, poke somebody over. Okay. Um, and so you, you walk up to one of them, and you go to roll them over, and everyone can roll initiative. Uh, as... Oh. as you rolled over and you see the lifeless black orbs in these eyes and it groans and the head flops forward and it starts to get up. Uh, the All other right. creatures start to move the moment you touch one of them. So Battle time. Poor choices and even poorer rolls <laughs> over here, guys. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, did anyone roll above a 20? No, did anyone roll from 15 to a 20? I got a 15. 16. So, Solly with a 16? 15. 15, okay. Hathor with a 16. Okay. So, 16, 15, 10 to 15? Uh, a uh, 12. Okay. For Adrian. And then, what did Blade roll? <laughs> I got a 4. <laughs> Again, in the bottom of the order. Just too busy trying to be stealthy. <laughs> Try! I was doing better than you guys. That's fair. <laughs> Okay, so Hawthorne, you see this creature as it begins to move, and it's you. I mean, it's it's not alive. It's obvious. Uh, you you just you look at it and you can just tell it's not a dead creature just from all the time you spent, you know, traveling with the order and having to deal with this sort of things. Um, uh, what it, do you do? It's close by to me. Yes. So you said you were within five feet. Yeah. So you are within melee range. Okay, I'm gonna grasp Samarin with both hands and I'm gonna make a swing at it. Okay. Uh, so roll attack roll on that. Nine. Okay, that is not a hit, surprisingly. <laughs> um, yeah. So you swing and like it like it hits the creature, right? But it doesn't appear to hurt it. It just kinda like stumbles a little bit and like you hear air like wheeze out of its chest as you like compress its chest. But it's still moving forward and like shambling up towards Solly. Solly, you jump back a little bit as a hand like reach and like grabs for the the axe that you're like reaching out with it. Uh, what do you do? Um, I will go jump back and um, I'll just attack it twice. Okay. So yeah. So the first hit is with the claws. Um. So for our listeners, uh, Saleh is using uh, spiked brass knuckles as his weapon. <laughs> Just steal the roll, why don't you? Just steal the roll. That's a nat 20. Okay. Oh. So 
Uh, right now, uh, you can roll double damage and then add your modifier to it. Uh, alright. Battle music time. I will... <laughs> <laughs> I roll two ones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was the weirdest set of luck, so that's a six damage. Okay. Still pretty good. So you hit it, and it, like, it stumbles back. Um... And then I'm gonna go for another um, an unarmed strike. Okay. This time. Um, and that is a twelve. Okay. A twelve is also a hit. All right. Um, that does six damage. Okay. So, with uh, so you did a uh, six, eight, and then what was your modifier for the damage? It was, um, wait, no, no, it was six in total for every, like, six for the first hit, and then plus six for the second hit. Okay. modifiers added. Okay, so 12 total damage. Yeah. Okay, so with your second hit, then, you go and you're collapse, you see its head just, like, collapse in when you punch it, right? And it, like, stumbles back and then starts stumbling towards you again. Um, like, it almost fell over, but... It seemed to like almost catch itself, right? And with that, Adrian, it's your turn. Is, the, is this just a single one, or there is there the other three creatures are also starting to stand up at this point too. Are these how far am I from the other creatures? So you're standing behind the the two dwarves you said, right? Yeah. So you're I'm gonna say you're about 15 feet away from the okay. first uh, creature. Like if I try to do a ranged attack on them. Like, will I hit the dwarves? Uh, so if you or... want you want to do a ranged attack, you won't hit the dwarves. Okay. They are... The creatures themselves have partial cover from being obscured by your your party members, but they are... The, you, taking that into account, you won't be hitting your friends. Um, alrighty, so I cast a uh, firebolt. Okay, so uh, roll to hit. So just just for everyone, um, as you, you know, this is starting and they're starting to move around, a smell of rotting and decaying flesh starts to sweep over, over you guys. And you see, you know, like their limbs are moving unnaturally. Uh-huh. It's, it appears that whatever's, whatever it's doing doesn't really know what's, how to use the bodies the correct way. So that's a, a 16. A 16 is a hit. And okay. you're trying to hit the one that Solly hit or a different one? Uh, Solly hit, I guess. Okay. And then that's a 1d10, which is not that one. Uh, this one. Uh, 7. And so, Blade, over your shoulder, you hear the hiss and crackle of fire, and it blasts right past you into the face of this creature. And you see it, its face just engulfs in flames, and it collapses to the ground, finally. And all of you who are looking at this creature as it falls see this black smoke just pour out of the creature's skin and disappear into the darkness. Uh, and with that, it's the other three alive creatures' turns oh as boy. they start to clamber up and you see their their heads turn towards you with those unnatural black eyes. It's like a drogger from Skyrim. And uh, <laughs> they start shambling towards you. Uh, Solly being in the front right now from attacking the creature. Uh, they go for you first, uh, rolling to hit. Uh, what's your AC? 17. 
Okay. Um, they all hit. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Ooh, wait, really? Yes. Wait, oh my god. So what you see is two of the creatures gonna shamble forward and go to to bite you. Um, dealing a total of thirteen damage. So I'm down. Again. Um, Again? And the last one is... Okay, so... (laughs) The last one's going to attack Hawthorne since you go down from the first two. Okay. Uh, Hawthorne, this one was a critical hit, so I know it hits you. Yeah. Uh, Now, what I need you to do... uh, Also, I need Adrian... uh, Sorry, uh, Sully to roll this as well. Mm -hmm. Is roll a constitution saving throw. Okay, all right. Uh, 19. 11. Okay, so Sully, you pass. You're good. Uh, Hawthorne, you're dealt six normal damage. Okay. And eight necrotic damage. I'm down. Okay. So, did you remember to bring your HP back up uh, from the last combat? Yeah, no. My HP is 12. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) So, you're both down. Um... And yeah, that's that's their turn. Uh, Blade, it's now your turn. Alright. I charge at the nearest uh, at the nearest undead. Whatever okay, they are. that's fine. They're, they're, they're within range, basically. You just take like a step forward and you can yeah. swing your axes. I start swinging my axes at, at the closest one. Uh, nat 20 for, the, for my first axe. Okay. And nice. I try to attack another one with a uh, 17. Those both hit. So roll damage for the okay. first one. Uh, seven. For seven the first damage. One. Okay, so you hit it and you manage to chop off one of its arms, but it's still up. Okay. And five damage on the uh, on the second axe. Okay, and the other one you, you cleave a giant rent in its chest, and it, they're both still up, but obviously very injured. Okay. Um, and with that, the order resets. Hawthorne, please roll a death saving throw. Yep. Come on, Adrian. We must defeat these. 16. Okay, uh, you're good to go. And then Sully also rolled death saving throw. Eight. Okay. Uh, yeah, mark that as a failure on that one. Uh, now, Adrian, it's your turn. You see your your party members just rent down by these creatures. What are you going to do? Um, okay, so I need the positioning of this. So in, so if I'm looking towards these monsters, is uh, Blade in between me and the monsters? Um, like, kind of. He's, he, like, kind of stepped forward. They're all in melee right now. Why, what are you trying to do? Um, I was thinking, perhaps burning hands, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of casting magic missile instead. Okay, yeah, you can. Um. Alright, so I cast magic missile. Um, okay, so that's... A magic missile is automatic hit, so just roll damage. Oh, automatic hit. So that's... Okay, so I, so there's three left, right? So the, with the magic missile, you get you just roll damage. You tell me, are you gonna try to? Uh, so you're gonna roll the damage for the first one, then you deal three damage right there, right? I hit the one that that um. Uh, yeah. So there's one with the arm missing, and the other one has a rent in its chest, and then the third one is completely uninjured at this point. The arm missing one, I hit. Okay, so you hit it with three damage, and it collapses to the ground, uh, still moving. But like kind of like twitching, moving. It might be alive. It might not be. Alrighty, and then the second one, I hit with the one with the thing in its chest. Okay, so you hit it, and it staggers back a little bit, but it's still up. And then the third one, 
I hit the uninjured one. And okay, so you hit the uninjured one, and it st- it steps back a little bit, but it's still I mean it's still going. And with that, so it's the one slot the creature's turns again. The one on the ground, uh, you hear it. It tries to stand back up again, but then collapses to the ground, and the smoke pours out of the skin from all of the creature and disappears in the darkness. Then the other two shamble towards you, Blade, and they go to attack you um, with one hitting you uh, with yeah, yeah, 16 AC. Yeah, if I have Blade. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, and one hits you, um, dealing six damage and roll a constitution saving throw. Uh, 21. Okay, you succeed on that. <laughs> and with that, it's that's their turn. Uh, you know, the one it tried it tried to like, you know, bite you and it got a little bit into you, but you managed to like rip its head off as it's, as it's like going down. And uh, Blade is now your turn. Okay. Wait, they hit me for 6 points, right? 6 points. Okay. All right. Um okay. So I swing my I swing an axe at each of them. Uh, that's a hit. Yeah, <laughs> one hit, and does thirteen hit? A thirteen also hits. Okay, all right. Uh, dealing seven and eight damage, respectively. Okay, so the one with a rent in its chest, you hit it with your your axe, right? And you, the, it gets stuck a little bit, and you pull it out, and like blood starts to pour out, and it goes to collapse to a knee. And the smoke cl- starts pouring out of it as it starts collapsing to the ground. And the smoke goes, dis- disappears in the distance again. And then the other one you hit and you cleave and you, again, you, like, it's from, you almost like start cutting it and it goes from like its hip all the way up to its shoulder. And it's just barely hanging on to life and it like kind of hit, the head's turned towards you and it starts like shambling towards you. And we reset the order again. So Hawthorne, roll another death saving throw. Eight. Eight, okay. Uh, mark that down, and then Solly. Seventeen. Okay. And then Adrian, it's your turn. So you have a clear view of this uh, creature as it starts shambling towards Blade. This is a single one. A single one left, yes. Alrighty. So I cast a Firebolt. Okay. D twenty plus four. That's eleven. Uh, eleven is not a hit. Okay. So the Firebolt like whizzes by its head, um, you know, narrowly missing it. And with that, the zombie goes to hit you again, Blade. And okay. it hits you again. <laughs> Dealing six more damage and roll a two to save you throw. God damn it. All right. Down to two health. Okay. <laughs> I'm the Let's one who's on damage by Not 20 for the okay. saving throw. Yeah, and you, you just you step back and you feel almost like a poison in your limbs. And you just mentally push through it, you know. And with that, it's your turn. It's within reach right now. What okay. are you gonna do to it? I I cleave both axes right at its neck. Okay. Uh, twenty-two and thirteen. And you just hit it and you chop off its head. <laughs> the head rolls to the ground and like out of the head and the rest of the body, black smoke po- like pours out and disappears again into the darkness. Mm. I am undamaged by this. So. <laughs> With that, congrats. Do you guys want <laughs> to stabilize your friends? Yeah, maybe? yeah. Okay, I, so I rushed out and I and I try to try to help Brother Dwarf. 
Okay. Roll a medicine check. Uh, 14. Okay. So you stabilize him, and then... I go over to um, uh, Soli and uh, check uh, check him. Medicine check, yes? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that's a 21. Okay. So they're both stabilized. Okay. And are you guys going to take a short rest right here, or are you going to drag him out of this mine... And uh, try to recover somewhere else. Well, one of the uh, one, one of the undead's still twitching around down there on the ground, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's twitching. He's not getting up or anything. Mm, okay, I, I grab him, I grab him by the shoulders, and I, and I start shouting at it. I go, "Can you understand me?" He just it's just moving, and you like you see like these sightless black orbs like looking around, mm. um, and it appears like it's trying to move, but it it's, something's broken. Wait, I don't think it's gonna be understanding you anytime soon, so... I don't know that killing it's gonna help either. I suspect these things are being possessed and that they could pick another body whenever they want. Hmm. I could be wrong. I'm a dumb drunk dwarf, what do I know? <laughs> so um, she takes psychic damage from thinking too hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're holding it that low, <laughs> and it's you just see and you're shaking and all that, and then the smoke starts pouring out of the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine you drop it as soon as this happens. Yeah, yeah, I drop okay. it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and the smoke right. pours out and it disappears in the darkness, and the person looks normal. I mean, mm-hmm. the eyes aren't like nothing's changed other than again the eyes aren't black anymore. There goes that one. Mm. Uh, by the way, just so you guys know, the blood path continues into this cavern, and it starts Jeez. curving off to the right. Charming. Uh, I definitely say we take a short rest so that we can get... So that we can, like... Do you rest here, though? Um, do you want to rest here? If you don't rest here, you have to carry your friends back wherever you're going to go. I say we bring them at least back to the main shaft. Yeah, R- drag them both to the main shaft and then... Okay. So you guys take a short rest. Uh, the people are unconscious. You wake up. Uh, right. Anyone who wants to can use their hit dice at this point. Yes, please. If we wake up, we start. We wake up with one hit point. So you wake up with a single hit point, and then you can also roll your hit dice if you like. Is it hit dice is just one d? Like, it's it's whatever, whatever your hit dice is. So it's whatever your normal like uh, eight. What you roll for health? Oof. It's one better than last time. Okay. I forget what my hit dice are. Oh, there, there, it's one d ten. I found it. It's all, it's listed on there. It's uh, listed right there under. Yeah, just it says hit dice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's your hit points? Um, I'm at three. And what's your max? Nine. Uh, level one wizard. That's what, I'm very yeah. glad. One d six. I think. Yeah. One d six. Yeah. No, it's right. probably a good idea to not. Okay. Well, Blade, how much health are you at? I'm at eight. Out of uh, fourteen. I'm gonna hold the spells for now. I think so, yeah. Okay, so are you guys going to go and travel back into this cavern? Uh, are you going to try to... Are you going to call it a day? Mm. Bear in mind that uh, whatever's in here has obviously left this uh, mine shaft on its own. Yeah. <coughs> what time is it currently? You don't know. You're in the middle of a mine shaft. Oh, right. Um. How... how- what were you guys in the back doing? Um, poorly. Yeah, I'm at five HP. Oof. I'm at three. I'm at six, but I'm. That's your six. max. Yeah, that's my max. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yes, I ha- didn't get a single scratch in that battle. Okay. God bless. Uh, 
He gets touched once he's down. Yeah. As I much mean, as yeah. I hate to pull back, I think, uh, I don't like our chances if we go back in there. <laughs> I think, I think we need to go back out. We need to leave this mine and rest for a night. I, perhaps we should make sure that whatever's in the shaft can't come out tonight. It got past the yes. door. Who, but thing is, who knows where this blood trail is leading? It could be coming out of mine, or it could be coming into the mine. We honestly don't know which way it went. Do we know? So, you it's a safe assumption, because the blood was wet, that it went into the mine when you saw it, right? Mm-hmm. But there's more blood that's dry. So it's not the first time it's made this trek through the mine shaft. So you can uh, assume that it can enter and exit those closed doors with impunity. So we know it comes out at night. And we know it's probably not the best thing. I say we take the bodies back in case it has anything to do with them being reanimated. And uh, we burn them as well. Uh, yes. Agreed. I also agree. Start, I start dragging a body out without waiting. Okay. <laughs> so you guys, you spend, you know, about an hour to walk, you know, drag these bodies back to the top of the mine shaft and out. Uh, and it's going to take a little bit more time to, you know, uh, the set up a pyre. Granted, it is a, a mining town, so there is supplies to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's much quicker than when you were trying to do it in the middle of the plains. So you set up a pyre to burn these bodies. And, you know, it takes about an hour, but you're able to set all four bodies on fire. Uh, Hawthorne, do you do you, you do any funeral rites for them or anything? Yeah, I'm gonna do basically everything I know, uh, not only to respect the dead, but also to ward off evil. Okay, so yeah, you you see, you know, Hawthorne, you know, d- doing his doing his thing, and the rest of you, uh, what do you do? Is there anything you're trying to do to prepare for the night? Uh, trying to block off this entrance, maybe, or maybe make that. Uh, tavern you found a little more defensible? Before we do, I'll call Blade aside and I'll tell him, um, I believe this will be of more use in your hands and I'll give him the axe. The great axe. So, you know how to use it. You've practiced with a great axe in the past. Um, you know, but okay. it's, uh, you haven't had a chance to use one recently. But, so you just uh, get an orchestra. It's a much higher quality than your actual weapons, though. Okay, I, 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 I graciously accept it and I go, I will use this to, fit to defend you. <laughs> okay. Then pull it out. So, uh, great axes do 1d12. Plus strength. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's nice. Now, uh, it's a two-handed weapon and it's heavy. So uh, you can only use it once per turn, unfortunately, unlike your hand axes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so with that, uh, what else do you guys do? It's The night is starting to approach at this point. Um, I'd say we hole up in the... T- well, first off, what sort of stuff... What sort of stuff is around here? It's like, are there any, like, rock, large rocks just laying around I mean, in this it's, mine? There's plenty of rocks and stuff outside the mine. It's They had to excavate it, you know? Um. So, like... So we, sma- we just smashed the lock. You did? Um. So... That means that if we we should find a way to somehow keep the door from opening, like I mean, if that's what you want to do, perhaps. Hathor's gonna come back from his rites for the dead. His face sweating a little bit. I we should probably block the door. Um, 
In my haste to enter, I didn't think of perhaps containing what came out. I, um, Blade, Blade goes over and he takes the, tra the chain that was there and he loops it around and he, uh, and he goes and he looks for just a sharp, like, not a sharp, uh, a long length of metal. Okay. Like, say, like, from a pickaxe or something like that. Okay. And he, uh, jams it into the chain to keep it together. Okay, so the, the doors are just as closed as they were when you found them then. Mm. Okay. There's still that little gap in between the doors. Let's, let's pile put, some rocks here. Yeah, put some rocks along the bottom of the door. Oh, yeah, night is rapidly starting to approach now. Like, the sun is starting to go down over the horizon as you start putting rocks in front of this door. Uh, and there's really not a lot of time to do enough with these rocks to effectively cover the door in a way you find satisfactory. We'll just get it as much as we can. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, so there's a small pile of rocks in front of this door, so it would make it hard to, like, push open um, if something was trying to, like, shove its way out. And you guys go back to the tavern, or do you try to find a different place to sleep tonight? Are there any other large buildings in there's the town? There's two others. Uh, so you go over, and there's one large warehouse, and there's a bunch of different, like, ores in there. You know, like, you see these like, barrels full of, you know, of, like, you know, like, pig iron and stuff like that, right? And then there's another building, and it's a, it's a smaller building, and it's locked. Hmm. Let's try the locked building first. Yeah, the, it's made out of stone. Um, and it's got a, like, metal tiled roof. What's the door made of? The door is just, like, it's banded wood and metal. Can I tell how this building was constructed? I'm just curious. Um, it's just the, the rocks were just, it's just like, uh, like an, the, like, uh, rocks and mortar sort okay. of thing. Okay, Uh, blade kicks in the door. Uh, roll a strength check. Oh. Uh, 19. God 19. Bless. Nice. <laughs> and the, the lock splinters, um, and the door swings in a little bit. Um, you, you see that there was like a bar behind the door and you managed to break the bar. <laughs> I immediately oh. cast light. <laughs> okay. Uh. And inside you see what appears to be a storeroom. Uh, there's like, they have like huge rolls of like cloth and, uh, like barrels full of like sorted items. Um, there is a small, like, metal chest in the corner, um, like, solid metal chest. Uh, then there's, like, you know, a bunch of different sacks. There's tools, like, piled against the wall. You know, this, this appears to be, like, the store, the storage room for the, the whole little town right here. I well, assume we left the donkey outside of the mine when we ventured in, yes? I don't know, it was wherever you left it, uh, so... In the tavern. You didn't bring it down with you. Yeah. Um, can we go and get that? Yes. But wait, it would wait. It was barred from the it, the storage room was barred from the inside. Mm-hmm. And there's right. no one inside. Not that you see, no. Huh. Do you want to go and investigate, maybe? Yes. Okay. So roll an investigation check. Let's see, your investigation is plus four. Um, twenty. Okay. So you're looking around, you don't appear to find anyone, but when you go and approach and you look at this bar, there's magical runes inscribed on the, the bar. Uh, with your knowledge of magic, it looks like someone who has a quote-unquote key for it can use it to lift the bar up from the other side of the door or uh, place the bar back down. Uh, so it's remote control, essentially. It's um, hmm. So uh, what do you guys yeah. do then? You, you met, you're inside this room. It's much more defensible than... Uh, the tavern that you were in the other night. It only yeah. has that one door. There's no, there's not like, there's uh, like a very small 
barred windows at the very top of the, the building for like air circulation. But uh, other than that, there's no other way to get in. I say we stay here for the night. Yes. Makes sense to me. So we start we start moving everything into the uh or moving our donkey and our other supplies into the into the storeroom, I guess. Okay. So yeah, you do that and then you shut the door. Uh but you broke the bar, so uh, how do you how do you secure it? Uh we have there's that big mill chest. We could drag it over. Yeah, you can do that. Why don't we look what's in the chest first? I mean, the chest is locked. Mm. So that's a temporary problem. I don't <laughs> think I can kick that thing open. <laughs> so this chest is it's pretty heavy duty. You guys can try to break it, um, but I don't recommend doing that right now because it'll be very loud. Right. I'd rather not. Just drag it over to the door and then just sleep. So and you, and you need two of you to go and move this chest. I'll help. Okay. So you drag it and you you know you brace the door with it, and do you guys do watches again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can I can take a four hour watch again. Uh, same order as last time. Yeah. Uh, I can actually I can take a watch tonight. I'll do first watch because I'm the strongest at the moment. Okay. I can take last watch. Okay. So, Blade, roll me a perception check. Uh, six. Okay. <laughs> You're busy drinking. You know? <laughs> you know, everyone, drinking on watch. Everyone's asleep, you know, and you're just like, perfect time. Pulls out your unidentified alcohol, you open it, smells it, mm-mm-mm, and you sit down and just... Is, begin is there any other alcohol in the storeroom while oh. I'm looking around? There is. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Turns like, out the first... Take a couple of bottles. So, my pack. there's like a couple of bottles, but, and then there's also like some small casks of like... You know, like mead. <laughs> oh no! So yeah, you you're just you're just going ham. You know, you're really enjoying this. You're like, man, like, why didn't we find this place last night? <laughs> so with that, you know, you remember to uh, to wake up. You know, Solly at his watch. So you like stumble over to him and like, you know, over him, oh, and man. he wakes up and you <laughs> you collapse to the ground and you just kind of fall asleep right there. Uh, mm. So Solly, you're awake. Uh, there's a snoring dwarf kind of half draped over your bedroll and you. You're able to like, squirm out from underneath of him. Um, and with that, your watch starts. Roll my perception check. Alright. Oh. Natural one. Oh. Okay, again, you... I mean, you're you're listening intently. And you know, you're trying to do your thing. It's just... You can't hear anything over the snoring of Blade <laughs> lying right there. We might as well not have even posted watch like at this point. And with that, you know, your four hours goes by, you wake up uh, Hawthorne and, uh, you know, you go back to sleep. And uh, Hawthorne, so roll me a perception check. Uh, it's, morning is starting to approach at this time. 16. Okay, nice. so a decent roll finally, right? <laughs> and with that, you hear a, like, whispering sound from outside it's like a bunch of different voices you know overlaid over each other can i understand them at all uh what languages do you know i know common under common dwarvish and elvish so a it's you recognize one of them um and it's ancient dwarvish like it's not like it's like someone if someone's speaking like old english like that equivalent right uh in dwarvish and it's talking about trying to find the master where is the master? You know, um, and it's just this like kind of like this loop of words that doesn't really make too much sense. You know, um, it's it's almost almost like a 
if you uh, like, you know, imagine someone trying to speak a different language, right? Mm-hmm. And it's you know, like you kind of tell what they're trying to say, just but it's just yeah, it's rough. So like that's what you're hearing, and it's just this like kind of like loop of this same thing. I was trying to find the master set in like weird different ways. I'm gonna hunker down as quietly as possible and let the night pass if I can. I mean, yeah, the voice stays until the sun comes up. And it disappears as you start seeing like the shafts of light come through the windows on the top. You hear the voice, you know, start to disappear, and then, then it's gone. Was that a long enough rest to regain hit points and/or hit dice? Yeah. So everyone, t- it's a long rest for everyone. Uh, so you're back at max HP. If you spend any spells, you have those back. Nice. You're ba- you're basically at square one again. You know, you're good to go. And with that, what do you guys do? We can venture down there again. By the way, Hawthorne, you're the only person who knows this thing right now. Yeah, the um, party. so I'm going to turn to the party. Uh, last night, I didn't want to wake any of you or make any sounds, but something was out there. I didn't hear anything. Neither did I. <laughs> I was asleep. Yeah, you, you wake up and you feel you feel great. You know, you're, you're well rested. Mm. Yeah, you're able to sleep. I'm you know? looking visibly shaken at this point. Like I'm genuinely afraid of what this is. Uh, they were saying we need to find the master. Where is the master? The master? And there were more voices than that. I could only understand the one. What language was he speaking? Dorvish, ancient Dorvish. There was other languages mixed in there, but the ancient Dorvish was the only one you could understand. Aye. So, what do you guys do then? Do you stay in here? You know, lock yourselves in? Do you go out? Go back down in that mine shaft. I suggest we venture out there again. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. We start. We start moving the uh, the metal chest. So you out of the you way. drag that chest out of the way. And again, it takes two of you to do it, and you open the door, and all, all around this building oh, is blood. God. It's the oh. same thing that happened the other night. There's just this circle of blood around the building. It's like on the walls, <laughs> uh, like on the on the walls. Instead of actually being like drops. It's like if someone had a uh, like a paintbrush, basically, and just kind of like wiped in a horizontal line across, oh. but like a big one, so like two feet across, and it's just like this like weird like zigzagging pattern across the wall. I get the feeling um, this was a message. And you know the the round like underneath it, you see like right on the edge of the wall where you know following this pattern in the building, you see you know, blood droplets on the ground, no footprints again. Um, and then the path again leads back down into the the mine. Wait, so it seems... Okay, so... Uh, so this blood is just making a loop around the building, right? Uh, many loops, but yeah. It's like uh, the only thing that deviates from that circle is like the path leading towards the mines. That's correct. And all the rocks and stuff we put there completely... The, so when you go and approach the, the sh- mine shaft entrance, there's a flesh... Uh, fresh trail blood that leads out of it and it's I mean it's your rocks that are covered in blood again that you place there the doors are covered in wet blood again uh, and it leads we back there. in there it knew we were there whatever they are well I'm sure we're aware of what they are we fought something yesterday I but no I, I assume I know a fair amount of undead through the order you can roll me a religion check to see okay. if you recognize us uh, one thing, actually, I, f- I forgot to mention earlier about this. So the blood when you attacked those miners, right? It came out, like, sluggishly. Like, like it dripped out, like, a... Uh, Clotted, almost? It was it was super thick. Like, you know, it wasn't... A, it wasn't... Didn't move like it should have. Okay. 17 for religion. Okay. So 
you're not really familiar with anything like this. You know, there's not like, oh, it's a vampire or, oh, man. Uh, the things on the ground that you, you encountered, you think might have been zombies. Uh, not like zombies where the creature comes out of the ground and bites you and then it spreads a disease. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it appears to be more of like a spell zombie. Reanimated dead. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a magical disease where you can catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like a necromancer created the zombie. I don't think what we found down there yesterday was what's making these blood trails. Oh. Wait, still, we... they all lead down the mine, so Aye. we still have to go down there. I agree. Nothing to do. The other bit that concerns me is there must have been someone who caused this, and we haven't seen any sign of them yet. Those things definitely moved like they were being controlled. Uh, I bet these miners stumbled upon something they shouldn't have. We gotta go down to the mine and clear it out. Aye. Let's Ox clear the rocks away. Mm. Well, let's, let's try to unwrap the, train, uh, the chain around the door, and I start clearing away the rocks. I'm helping. Okay, so yeah, you clear that away, and you open the door, and you make your way back down, following this fresh trail of blood that was made Light from the again. mine shaft. It goes a little bit faster because you know where you're going at this point, mm-hmm. so you're able to move a little faster down this mine shaft. Then you make it down to the end, and you turn right into that side, the, the small side shaft, and you make it to that natural cavern again. Um, and yeah, that's as far as you've gone before, so what do you guys mm-hmm. do at this point? Is anything changed in here? But aside from, I'm assuming there's also trails of blood. Yep, still the same single trail blood that uh, fall falls back. So like you notice that the trail blood, it's not like it's zigzagging around this floor. It just follows a straight line. It overlaps each other again and again. Uh. So it doesn't deviate from the path. Um, I I say we just keep going, and follow the blood. So you guys have to tell me how you're. Approaching this, um, who's first, uh, last in this order right here? I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to be stealthy and lead the way. Is it single file again? Uh, so there's room for you guys to be abreast if you want right now in this cavern. Uh, but you guys gonna tell me how you are moving forward? Okay, I'm gonna extinguish some rain because we can all see in the dark pretty well. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I suggest you take the rear this time. Aye. Right. I'll be in the middle towards the back. Yeah, I'll be okay. in the middle towards the front. Okay, so are you go- and you're trying to be stealthy? Yeah. Okay, so everyone will stealth checks again. Two. Twenty-two. Eighteen. Okay. Nineteen. So you're, you managed Two. to mitigate the noise that Adrian's making. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're creeping through this, you know, this, this cavern, following the trail of blood. And the blood goes up a wall and t- into a crack in the ceiling. You see. That's uh, not good. However, as you're walking in this cavern, this you know this it's a, obviously this natural cavern, and you see the there's a small stream going through it. Uh, there's water dripping from the ceiling, but further down you see what appears to be like stonework. Mm-hmm. Uh, further down in this cavern, so the blood trail. If you're lo- if you imagine you're standing, you know, by this wall, and the walls to your right, the blood goes up the wall into a small crack in the ceiling. Uh, and then you're looking straight right now, and probably about 50 feet away down in this cavern, you see in the distance this obscured uh, stonework. I go over and I uh, try to investigate the uh, stonework. I'm also going to do that. Okay. Do we get advantage on that with stone cutting? So, yeah, yeah, so one person roll. uh, Roll with advantage. Go ahead. All right. And what you see is a 
a statue. Uh, did you roll two ones? No, one was a four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, an eight total because I get two X proficiency. Okay. So with that, <laughs> I'll tell, tell you what you guys see then at least. Sorry, Brother Dwarf. All right. <laughs> so you see the, the statue, and it's a tall humanoid man. Um, this, by the way, so this statue is like you can see like there's there's water worn all around it. Like the basis on is kind of like worn away by time, right? But the statue itself looks pristine, like it was made yesterday. Okay, and it's a tall humanoid man. He's dressed in actual plates. So like the stone statue is stone, and on the statue is a set of armor. Uh, that is this black plate mail, uh, and engraved in it is these runes you don't recognize. What is the scale of this statue? So the scale is like 18 feet tall. Oh, boy. Um, and you can let you... So you see this, right? And it's like in his hand. You see it looks like he's supposed to be holding a sword. Uh, but there's nothing there. And you see like a divot in the statue base where the sword might have rested. Um, and like looking at his face, you see he's like look off, looking off to the distance and... You see, like, blood trails, like, leading down from the corners of his mouth. Um, and you hear dripping. And you look down, and there's blood dripping from the statue's mouth. Um, I throw, I pick up a rock from the floor and oh then no. throw it at okay. the statue. And it hits uh, it and bounces off. Uh, nothing happens. And then, when you guys are expecting this, uh, you see a small entranceway, uh, like, into a crypt at the bottom of this statue. Do I recognize the face of the statue? Uh, anyone can roll me a history check for this one. Anyone. I have anyone. plus anyone? two. Who has the highest bonus? I got plus four. History is until I have plus zero. I so plus you, so roll with advantage. Advantage is take the higher. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 19 and 15. So uh, 23. 23. Okay. So, uh, just let me bring up my notes real quick. So, you recognize the, well, the statue's supposed to represent at least, right? Is the Lich Alaris. Uh, so, uh, you know that the Lich Alaris, he is the ruler of the city of Liband, um, and it's a city state far in the northwest. Uh, he's still alive, to, well, he's still, you know, sentient today and he still rules his city so this isn't his crypt necessarily it appears to maybe be a temple of some sort that worshipped him um you do know that the Lichalaris is I mean you don't know how old he is you just know that he's at, at least a couple hundred years old to an unspecified amount um there's history books at this point that they just they don't know when he was born. It was just kind of a fixture in life. Um, um, so, is this common knowledge or? So everyone, everyone knows about the Lichalaris, right? Okay. Not many people have like recognized or seen him. Okay. Um, you know that he is basically he's worshipped as a deity. Okay, I'll tell I tell everyone that this is Lichalaris, and yeah, the statue. That's what it is. So, if you guys want to learn more about the Lichalaris, uh, you'd probably have to go to a library or speak to a historian. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's an entrance to the crypt. 
There is. Uh, or something. It's it, it's entrance is something. It appears to be, looks like an entrance to a crypt, but that is up to you. I'm gonna relight Semarin and see if there's any details about this cavern we might have missed. Okay, so you start, you know, so you light it and you start going around and you search the whole cavern. The cavern's huge, mm-hmm. uh, so it's gonna take you about half an hour to actually circle this whole cavern. I'm right? not gonna search the whole thing. I just want to take a cursory glance with the light and see if there's anything we might have missed. Okay, so you start going around and you notice that while most of the cavern's natural, it was definitely expanded by uh, by people or something, right? Mm-hmm. And you and you look through the stream and you notice one, the stream appears to enter the same wall that that crack where the blood flow goes into. Mm-hmm. Um, and the when you look around and you see like this entrance right here. You see it curve off again towards the direction that the the blood trail went. The blood dripping from the statue's mouth, is it just the drops or does there appear to be a trail from that as well? So if you so you go and look at that and you look where the blood drops, uh, and as if there's like basins of blood at the bottom of the statue that is dripping in. Can I make a religion check on that? On the blood? Yeah, on, on like the pools of blood. Is there any way? Uh sure. 17. So, you know that in uh, Alaris's service, there was many powerful vampires. Um, and they would kind of, you know, see him as a, you know, like the next form of vampire versus, you know, like they kind of like paint their own picture of him, of themselves on him. So, this is probably uh, some temple that vampires made, at least, or some people who worshipped or was some part of that vampire community uh, of Alaris's followers. Uh, you know that the vampires are def- some of his like commanders okay. of his armies. Hmm. Uh, does he share with the class? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I only know a little from my cursory knowledge, but this appears to be a temple that worshipped vampires or was built by vampires, something involving them, I'm not entirely sure, but these are likely or were likely a group of vampires or uh, worshippers of a group of vampires in the service of Lich Alaris. Great. Vampires? Aye. I hate vampires. Don't we all? I've never met one, but I know I hate them. Just like children, eh? Oh, don't get me started on the children. <laughs> so, what do you guys do now? You're at, you're waiting at this entrance. Um, you hear the blood dripping, you know, drop. Blade drop. votes to go in. Uh, How will we carefully approach this quote-unquote entrance? That sounds like a good plan. And see what it who, leads to. Who goes in first? I'll go in first. I'm so following close behind. You step on the first stair down, and these runes light up underneath your feet. And lights flicker down okay. the pathway. I thought you were going to teleport me again. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> how much you love your teleporting stairs. So or you see these like dark red runes that softly illuminate this hallway that kind of curves off to your right. Uh, and then like in the walls, there's different like murals and alcoves of like, small statues in them. Uh, the murals appear to be battle scenes of Alaris, like leading armies and fighting uh, devils and demons. Um, the statues are, are different 
of different people that you personally don't recognize. Uh, there, and then you you guys keep walking down this hallway, I assume. Mm, yeah, yes. Blade, Blade froze for a second when the lights went on because he was like sneaking, um, but then he uh, he hesitates a little and he, and he continues forward. Uh, could I uh, cast uh, detect magic? Uh, you can. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming there's magic. Well, it's runes, <laughs> glowing runes. So, is that a first uh, level one spell for you? Yeah. It's okay, also so a ritual, I think. So, are you guys? Do you want to stop to cast that then? Yeah. Because you're gonna use a spell slot. If you, I'd recommend casting it. As yeah, a I'd recommend sure, casting I'll it as do ritual. ritual. Okay. So, so if you cast this ritual, it doesn't use a spell slot. It does not. Okay. So uh, give me your uh, spell sheet real quick. Spell sheet. Okay. So you cast uh, detect magic. And. Okay. So you see a lot of necromancy magic. Mm. Um, you see a lot of aberration magic. Uh, aberration. Uh. You, you see basically a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh, the most magic you see from, like, the main thing is the School of Necromancy. Hmm. Yeah, this is almost certainly from either the Lich himself or a follower, mm -hmm. perhaps. Um, yeah. Is there enough light to see it's, pretty clearly down there? It the is. Hall? I mean, the, the whole hallway is lit, and it's starting to angle incline upwards okay i'm gonna put some right out okay uh and you guys you know you keep walking and it's you know the incline keeps going up until you see these giant black iron doors um and they're just inscribed with these uh all these different runes uh everyone tell me what languages you know common um, elven dwarvish okay those yeah. those but with undercommon as well okay Common, Elvish, and Sylvan. Okay, uh, so none of you recognize these these runes. Um, they appear to be similar to Dwarvish, but uh, not Dwarvish at the same time. Um, now, these giant doors, they're like 25 feet uh, iron doors. Jeez. So they're huge. obviously impractical, but are you guys going to open these? Yeah, I want to try and open them. Okay. So you go to, you place your hand against it, and you go to push it open, and it just swings open silently. Hmm. And it opens up to this large, almost amphitheater sort of room. And lit on the far wall, you see a man, uh, like, dressed in what used to be fine clothes, chained, spread eagle to the wall. Uh, on his hip is a black, like, iron mace with blood dripping from the head of the mace. Um, and he's, like, dressed in, like, this um, black plate that is, you see, like, the, the uh, it looks like um, it was made from, like, a creature's, like, like chitin. Uh, and then, like, at his feet, you see his helm is, like, this horned, like, screaming maw. Um, but the man himself looks just like a normal man. Uh, maybe his skin's a little, a little red-tinted, but you can't tell because of the light. Uh, and at this, this person's feet, you see a coffin. Um, and it's just this solid steel coffin that is a, uh, like, inlaid on the top. You see, like, a man resting in 
it's uh you can't really see from the angle but it's definitely a person that's uh it's supposed to look like you know like a, you know just like a sarcophagus where they show some sort of person lying on the lid right mm-hmm. it's like that but you can't see the person because you're too far away but you do see the person chained the wall clearly and then looking around this room the left and right are just rows and rows of seats um and you see from to your right a trail of blood that leads to this coffin and onto the coffin there's like a the cor- like the closest corner to you is just like covered in blood um and the blood trail again it leads into those seats so there's that's probably where that crack is um i yell out excuse oh. me sir um are you of any trouble currently you hear a wheezing laughter <laughs> Uh, I am of no trouble, you can see. I am chained to this wall. And he looks up and he opens his eyes and you see they're, they're red uh, with no, uh, I think it's called, so it basically all, the, the only thing you see is a black pupil. The rest of the eye is red. Oh. Um, and he looks at you. So have you come here to save me? What do you need to be saved from? Are from these creatures. They have chained me here for thousands of years. I've laid on this wall in torment. And you see him and he pulls, tries to pull the chains and you see the chains, they like, kind of glow red and like you smell burning as he moves. Um, Can I roll insight on this? Yeah. I'd like to this roll insight so as well. This is so sketchy. Yeah. This guy's a vampire. <laughs> Ten. Okay. I'll roll insight also. Um... That is 18. 14. Blade doesn't roll inside. Blade knows he can't trust this Okay. <laughs> so, Sully, he looks like he's in pain. Like, it's obvious he's in pain. Um, but what about his talk about, you know, being trapped there for thousands of years? It's He doesn't seem like he's lying right now. He seems like he's just, per, like, he speaks with this, just this wary voice. Um, you seem to believe him, actually that he was trapped right here. Why were you chained up? The vampires chained me up after the war. I was, how would you creatures call it? And by the way, so you guys noticed that he's speaking in common, in modern common, by the way, too. Hmm. Um, the creatures, they, they chained me up as a, I guess you would say boon from the war, bounty. Uh, I was was captured and made fun of and tortured years after the war ended. He, I mean, he, he again, he just like slumps back down. You know, he seems to be tired from all this talking. Are you not a vampire? No, I'm not a vampire fool. And he like, he seems to like get like a little angry and like, like brings himself back up and his eyes flash red a little bit. Then what are you? I am from the seven hells. Uh, so a demon? No, no. Then who Those, are I'm you? A devil. What is your name? I was a leader of the armies. I was a commander from the second level of hell. For a leader, you seem pretty weak to be able to be contained by chains. You would have been contained by these chains too, you petty dwarf. I, but I am. I don't insult dwarves. I am only a young cleric. You claim to have some power. What is that in front of you? And I'll gesture with 
Semrin, my Warhammer, towards the figure on the coffin. This is the remains of one of Valyrus's oldest, oldest commanders. He fell in battle. I slayed him myself. They then, laid him to rest here. But they had this, as a sick joke, they chained me up above his coffin. Recently, he gained enough power to escape again. Uh, and he's been traveling around, trying to find Olaris again. Tell me, does this creature have any other powers besides being seemingly undead or of that sort? How about we make a deal? Nay. <laughs> I'm not in the mood for deals. Then I don't know anything about the vampire. What are you proposing? You free me from these chains. I will leave this place. Before I do, I will give you the means to destroy the vampire, and I will tell you how. You will die otherwise. How about this? You tell us how to destroy the vampire first. And, if your words prove true, then we let you go. You are a paladin of Zeron? Nay, a cleric. Oh, even better. I will take your oath on it. Oath on your faith that you will free me if I help you defeat this vampire. I give my oath only on one condition. And that is that if any of what you have told me is deceitful or a half-truth, our agreement is null and void, and I will hunt you to the very ends of the earth. Deal. So, with this, you see his eyes flash again. Um, and, he, and he nods down to his belt. Grab the mace off of me. This seems like a bad idea. You can use this to fight the vampire. I'm gonna... Turn. This seems like a very bad idea. I'm going so, to turn to Solly and say, I agree, but what other choice do we have? He keeps speaking as you say this. It is called a blood drinker. It sucks the blood out of any creature that it kills. With this creature right here, by sucking the blood out of it, you'll weaken him further. You will be able to put him back in this tomb and seal him away again. With that, you can... He looks at you and kind of sniffs. Find some more powerful members of your order to finally kill him. But you would be, definitely be able to put him away for a couple hundred years uh, just by yourself. I will quickly turn to uh, Arden. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say, have you heard of a blood drinker weapon before? Yeah, can, um, I, uh, can we knowledge history of this something? Yeah, can we roll history for that? Sure, it's going to be pretty hard, but you can. Alrighty, so... I know a mate back home who called himself the blood drinker. <laughs> 19. 19. Okay. Uh, I mean, you've heard of weapons that could do stuff similar to this, right? But not of this particular one. Granted, if he's telling the truth, this is thousands of years old. Hmm. Um, so... Uh, he nods down. You're going to need this this weapon to, to kill him. Uh, 
Why specifically that weapon? Well, first off, none of you have magic weapons. Uh, second, this weapon was made for killing vampires. And Seems again like I ask, how is it that a man of your claim power, or a demon of some sort, seems to have been chained up by what appear to be the creature that he is strong against? Are you... So, I assume Olaris is still among you today, and unless something, one of his followers killed him, which I highly doubt. But you know Alaris is of godlike powers. I had no chance against him when he chained me against these walls. Ah. But there you said you were chained by the vampires. Yes. He controls them. Has that changed in these thousands of years? I don't know. You're not this one. I'm beginning yeah. to feel that you're not telling us the whole truth. Ah, but that is not part of the deal. If you, I it was. No, I told you how to defeat him, truthfully. Aye, but I do not have to hold up my side of the bargain if you are telling half truths. Remember. Oh no, I told you the full truth and everything I've said. Roll a history check. Man, you can. Sure, let's go on Alaris. So what are you trying? What are you vampires? trying? What are you trying to find out? Trying to verify. Hmm. Whether Alaris directly controls vampires. Yes. Okay. Sure. That's fine. Uh, is anyone assisting him? Yeah. Uh, and then rolls advantage. Uh, so 12 and then 16 plus 420. Uh, it's, that is 100% true. Alrighty. What? He, some of his highest commanders are vampires. He, like, in his city, like, the like, direct legion commanders that he has are vampires. He has vampiric soldiers. A lot of, he controls a lot of vampiric spawn. While he's not a vampire himself, uh, he can mimic many of their abilities. Hmm. And you follow this god? Do I follow Alaris? Of course I do. He's the one true god. No, I was speaking to... Uh, no, uh, Zeron. Zeron. Alright. Who's Alaris then? The Lich King. The Lich, the Lich King. King. Oh, he's the statue we saw up front. Aye. Oh. Now, tell me one more thing, and by god, if you do not tell me the truth, the consequences will be severe. Why is it that if you've been down here for thousands and thousands of years, do you speak common? I mean, you know what magic is, correct? I. I cast a spell on myself. So you could understand me. Just, Just ask now? You... No, thousands of years ago. And you kept it going for this long? It's not hard. I'm not... Like a tiny You're dwarf up. like you? Do I need... He wiggles his fingers. I don't need my hands like you petty dwarves and elves to cast spells. Can we verify the validity of being yeah. able to do that? Here's sure. the thing. You think that they, you know, put magic wards on him or something. No, yeah, you can you can cast attack magic on him. You yeah, Adrian's probably the best choice for that. Uh, sure, for do, do, Ar do arcane check. Arcana check. Let's go. And... <laughs> Is that a one? Ten. He's, uh, yeah, he's probably telling the truth. I mean, based on with your limited knowledge and uh, sorcery, it's definitely impossible to cast spells without using your hands. Is that vampire in the in the coffin right now? Oh yes. Well, every second we spend here is a second closer to him waking up. I say we grab the mace, open the coffin, smash his face in, 
we get out. Wait. I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on the vampire. Oh. Okay. Uh, what does Sacred Flame do? Sacred Flame is a cantrip with a range of 60 feet that the target has to succeed on a DC 13 dexterity saving throw, or it takes 1d8 radiant damage. Oh, okay, well, he fails automatically, so just roll a 1d8. And it's radiant. Nice. Three. All right, he screams as you burn him with the radiant flames. Cleric, why do you do this? Do you wish to break our deal? Well, he cast no, it on the vampire. I cast it on the vampire. Oh, vamp- I did not cast oh, no. oh. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, you can't see the vampire in there. Oh, I it's, thought you said it was on top of the coffin. No, there's a uh, blood there's, trail. Gotcha. So there's like a there's like a carving that looks like a, a okay. humanoid figure on the coffin. Retcon yeah. the whole thing then. That doesn't <laughs> yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna need to open the thing. We're all gonna need to open the coffin first. So, uh, do any of you go to grab that mace then? Uh, no. I I personally would advise against anyone touching the mace until we are sure of uh everything, and even then, I would handle it with caution. Keep a close eye on it. You'll die without the mace? I guess I can just wait for another... Well, I mean, now they know. They'll probably send more people. I probably could just make a deal with them. Blade, no offense to you, but I'd rather not if this is some kind of dark artifact. I'd rather not be possessed. (laughs) Would you mind taking up the, the mace, should it be deemed necessary? I'll stand by it in case we need it. Okay. Uh, I guess we approach the coffin then. Okay, so slowly. Yeah. So how how do you guys do this then? So I circle around and I and I stand, kind of, I, I stand a little bit off to the side of uh. So you, of, of of the devil, so that yeah. I can so that I've easy reach to the mace if okay. I need to grab it. Okay. And what does everyone else do? Do you just guys circle this sarcophagus or? Uh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, with that, we're going to end right here. Oof. All right. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and this is where we'll start the next session. Okay. Um, Ooh, week-long cliffhanger. So, all of you can uh, level up to level two. Ooh, nice. Gain enough nice. experience from the zombie fight to do that. So, are we just going by uh, level gaps, not experience points? So, I'm keeping track of it for you guys. Don't worry. Okay. okay. You're all going to get the same XP, so I'm going to just track, and then when you guys level up, you level up. Uh, but it's probably going to be at the end of one, every one or two sessions. Uh, for that, just to keep things going, and we'll see. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been Lawful Stupid, the premiere. Um, If you guys want to listen in live, we'll be doing this Mondays, 6 to 9 p.m. on WJTB Radio. You can listen to that at wjtb.njit.edu or listen in on on TuneIn. If you guys want to listen to the pre-recorded episodes, or the uh, post-recorded episodes, whatever, we'll be uploading them to Mixcloud. So that's mixcloud.com slash WJTB underscore radio. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one, everybody. Good night, NJIT. Night, y'all. Night.